Hello, this is over and over and over again. We're live and this is the Arsenal versus Everton pre-match warm-up show. I'm Richard. Welcome back to my channel over and over and over again. I say we're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and also as well, it will be going out on audio as well on Anchor and Spotify. So, thanks to everybody for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please come over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Give it a like as well if you're going to enjoy the show. We're going to be looking ahead, obviously, to tomorrow's game. It makes a change to have a game to talk about everything that's gone on this week, but obviously, we can't um, not talk about a few other incidents as well that's gone on over the last sort of six or seven days, and we will kind of get into that as well. So there's lots to get through. I'm not going to be here on my own. I've got some some nice guests joining me as usual, so it's going to be good. So what I'll do is I'll get the guests involved straight away. First of all, of course, he's our resident um, panellist on the show. Of course, we're always a pleasure to have him back on. Of course, it's Melvin. How you doing, Melvin? You all right? Yeah, fine, thanks. Fine, thanks. Forgot. Seriously, I forgot all about this game. Yeah, I well... We've all been distracted, haven't we, by events yeah. elsewhere. So it's maybe good to have a game to maybe think about, actually, to take our mind off all the other stuff that's been going on, which um, hasn't been a lot of fun, has it, this week, if we're totally honest. No. Um, and also, as well, we've got a special guest joining us from the opposition um, for this this particular game. Um, she's been, um, I've seen her around a bit on a few other channels. Good to have her finally on. It's um, Everton Rose. Edin Rose, you're right. Hi, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem at all. It's a pleasure. I um, hope you enjoy um, enjoy the, the show. Um, I mean, I suppose we have to start with the one and only thing that's been on everybody's mind all week, really, I suppose. And I'll be really interested, actually, obviously, you being a, a fan of a club that wasn't involved in all the nonsense that's gone on this week, um, <laughs> particularly a club like Everton, who traditionally have got a great history in English football uh, and one of the biggest clubs um, historically. And... Um, I guess it's a good opportunity maybe to get your opinion on it all. I mean, um, I, I'm assuming that you wouldn't have been supporting it, but how did you feel about all that when it came out on Sunday? It wasn't really a shock. Like, th this has been on the cards for ages. I mean, last season it was Project Big Picture, this season Super yeah. League. Um, I find the timing, like, really strange when you've got, is it four, three or four English clubs in, in semi-finals of European competitions and then they announced that they want to break away. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't really surprised. For me, it was just kind of money versus money. You know, you've got yeah. UEFA and FIFA who are very corrupt. And then you've got now the clubs that are wanting to bump up their revenue. Because I think genuinely those six teams now, like you've seen this season, are not guaranteed Champions League football. With the emergence of West Ham this season, Leicester, you know, the, the Premier League is getting very competitive in the top six, top eight. Hopefully Everton can break through next year. 
And so for me, I saw it as kind of a money grab for these, quote, elite. I mean, how Tottenham get there, I've got no idea. I think Daniel Levy is an excellent, you know, marketer. Like, he's great at marketing his club. Um, like you say, nowhere near Everton. Um, or even, like, you could compare them to Forest. Like, Forest have won European trophies. And, you know. Yeah, Aston Villa's another one. Aston Villa, Villa. Yeah. yeah. You know, so for me, I just saw it as a, as a money grab. I wasn't surprised because... And I wasn't surprised with kind of the leaders of United and, and you know, uh, Liverpool as well. I'm not really surprised, but I think the owners just don't get it. Like, I feel like the owners that don't come to games, they just really don't understand football. And they want it to be like the NBA and the NFL, where you can pick up a club and move it 100 miles. It's just, it's just not going to happen with these, these fans. Or even thousands of miles, if you talk about the Super League, you know, with international. Yeah. but. Yeah. For me, my biggest issue, though, was it was the closed shop aspect of no, pretty much no promotion, no relegation. I know they said there was spots for, for other teams, but for me, for me, that just takes away the whole competitive element. You won't get a Leicester City. You won't get a Bournemouth with a stadium of 7,000 getting promoted into the Premier League and staying like they did. So, yeah, I just, yeah, not for me. Not for me. No, I mean, I've, I think that pretty much echoes every football fan on, on the subject. And unfortunately, our, our club has got embroiled in it quite heavily with being yeah. one of the so-called founder members. And, and luckily, the right things happened and it's not gone ahead. I mean, I, I don't read too much into the fact that we withdrew. I think that the, the whole tournament finished and there were so many problems that everybody withdrew. We didn't make that decision ourselves. So we, we don't like this now. And some of the stuff that's been coming out of the club over the last couple of days is just... It's just mental, really. But, I mean, Melvin, uh, did you hear much about that? Obviously, Josh Cronkay spoke today, didn't he, at that fans forum? Have you have you seen too much on that? Have you read the quotes? What are your thoughts on that initially? Well, I haven't seen a lot. And to be honest with you, I'm not interested in what he says. The mask no. has slipped. We were sure what they were like anyway. Mm. And now, now, like I said the other day, you know, a lot of fans had a go at Arsenal fans for being moaners. And we have a go at our owner for not doing this and not doing that. Well, now you know what it's all about. It, it's told the world what it's really about. And it's, I've got no interest to listen. I don't believe it anyway. If he told me good morning, I'll fall asleep. So um, I've just, I just, I just got no interest at all what he says. It'll be promises and this, that and the other. But you know as well as I do, if they can do it next year, they will do it next year. Mm. But if they got to rub a few, you know, grease a few palms in the right, you know, they will do it. Qatar did it. I'm sure the six could do it. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to look at today, or was it yesterday, that UEFA released the details of the new format for the Champions League from 2024, which is basically a European yeah, Super League yeah. anyway. I mean, it's crazy that they were so against that one and they've actually produced one of their own. It's just, I mean, I think as Rose said before, it's just money and money, isn't it? That's all it's about. Definitely. Nobody cares about football. Nobody cares about the fans. And that's been obvious this week. And if anybody thinks that the fan protests have been the reason why all this has been changed, it's, it's delusional because it's nothing to do with that. They don't care. You know, there's going to be protests at the Emirates tomorrow by the look of it, protesting against the owners, which I can understand why people want to do that. And that's great. But... It's going to make no difference. They don't care. They don't care if 100,000 people turned up outside the ground saying Cronky out. If they want to sell, they'll sell when it's right for them, for their business. They're not going to sell just because a few fans don't like it. Because worldwide, there'll be plenty of fans that support what Cronky's doing. There'll be plenty of worldwide fans that support the, the European Super League. Because they don't have to, it doesn't really affect them, does it? They're not going to games and they, they watch it on TV and stuff like that. So it's probably a good thing for them. And that's what it was designed for anyway. 
But the fans are going to turn up at the ground. They're, they're the fans that matter. They're the ones who it affects the most. And But they don't care because there's not enough of them, I guess, probably. Um, we've got a few um, comments in the chat. Uh, Steve, the misfit there, says, um, big up, Jensen, Everton, Rose. Hope you're all good. Yep, we're not too bad uh, once we get back to playing football. And he <laughs> says, um, don't be mean to Tottenham. They have an Audi Cup like the one in my car I use for coffee. Yeah, no, exactly. That's about all they have got. But fair enough. Um, and Gary's in the chat as well from DWTT. Uh, make sure you check his channel out as well. He says, uh, hello, Richard Melbourne and Rose. Welcome to the show, Rose. Yep, indeed. First time on. And Steve says again, most of what he spewed was crap, such as that involvement in this fiasco. Yeah, he's talking about Josh Cronkay there. Um, we were neck deep in this in the planning of this year. We were, quite clearly. Um, I Richard. Quite the rose there, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And, uh, Sorry. Yeah, go on, carry on. Yeah, go on, Melvin. When, when you're talking about it's nothing to do with the fans, it's 100% nothing to do with the fans. Arsenal, mm. if they got this deal done, could afford to wrap the Emirates in cling film, never had another yeah. person through the door, and they would still make a fortune. And that's what the bottom yeah. line is. They don't care. If another Arsenal supporter doesn't go to the Emirates, they wouldn't care. Unless no. it means selling a few... It doesn't even mean selling shirts. They don't have to sell shirts. They don't have to do this still. They don't have to do no. anything. No. You can right in their lap. It's so... Yeah. And also, like, go back to Everton. Right? I've, I've been watching football quite a bit. And for me, Everton was one of, is one of the clubs that should always be in the top division. It's well, I grew up with Everton, the balls of this world and Harvey's and all that, you know, and the Andy Gray team, that team as well, with the Howard Kendall's team. Newcastle's another team. Newcastle's nowhere as successful as Everton over the past. But for me, Newcastle should always be in the top division. It's something I've grown up with. And to turn yeah. your back on, and there's other clubs as well, to turn your club back on clubs like Everton and Newcastle and go, you're not good enough, just get away. Sorry about that. You know, we'll see you when we want to see you. I think it's so disrespectful to everybody in the game. You know, yeah, and it, well, I mean, I'm well, talking well, like that as an Arsenal supporter. I'm embarrassed. Well, I am embarrassed. Well, I'm going to well, do, do with me. I didn't make a decision, but I'm still embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, I agree. This is I the am. thing that, like, oh, well, sorry. No, go on, camera, yeah. No, 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 but this is the thing. This is what I said. I said, tomorrow's game, if our players don't show a bit more fight, you know, I think we, we saw it. Um, with uh was it leeds yeah leeds played liverpool didn't they yeah you know they were at them and i feel like yeah. you're going to create some rivalries that probably weren't there before mm. like everybody Correct. versus the super league six you know and and tomorrow yeah. if we just stroll around i'll be fuming with them because you know it's like saying uh well we know arsenal are below us just, just about just still below us but you know we're, we're we're better than you, so uh, yeah, no, know your place. And and you know if that can't get the players up, then I don't think anything will. Like in terms of an Everton perspective, so yeah, I think no, it'll be no, interesting. It's going to be. I mean, it's it's. I suppose it's not really that the fault of the, the the players or or the fans or the, the manager or anything like that. But I understand there is obviously ill feeling towards these six clubs, which from everybody else, which I kind of understand why. I mean, I would probably feel the same if you know, we weren't one of the six and we were playing one of the six this week. You know, it must be, I can understand the feeling behind it. And I suppose it's, let's just hope that it doesn't sort of roll over into more than it needs to, because obviously this isn't, um, I say that it's not the fans that fought, all Arsenal no. fans that I know are totally against the idea. Um, and all the fans of all the other big six clubs that I spoke to are against it as well. We've got some in the chat actually from the 1892 Reds podcast called Liverpool fans. They're on this channel um, uh, a few weeks ago. 
Um, he says, uh, yes, Rose, no rest for the wicked. Hope you're okay. <laughs> Richard and Melbourne, hope you guys are good. Yeah, we're all well as well. And he said, come on, Arsenal, do us a favour. Can't let Everton finish above us. We won't <laughs> the well, I mean, we need to do ourselves a favour because Everton are just above us in the table. So it's important to us as well. But yes, obviously, it will help you out as well, I guess. Um, but um, we can, we'll get on to the game um, in a little while. Obviously, a lot to talk about as well, not just football this week. I mean, it's been a distraction, hasn't it? I, I, I think, and I don't know whether it's been a good distraction or not. It stopped me worrying about how terrible we've been this season in, overall and how terrible the game was last weekend, and um, which may be a good thing. I don't know. But I've last weekend. Sorry, I've forgotten. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a game, I know. It seems like it? about a month ago. I remember. We did actually play. It? it was only on Sunday. I know, and it's only, from, uh, what's it, Thursday it now? It's only four days. Who was it? Yeah. Who was it? Fulham. Who did we play? Fulham. We played Fulham. Oh, Fulham, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we nicked it in the last minute. Yeah, yeah it, it was a terrible game. And we oh, got, that, we, that game's gone from my brain. I think if I recalled it, it would be deleted. Well, it's probably just as well, because so it, wasn't, it wasn't a great game, oh, was my it? God. Fulham, of course it was. Fulham. Yeah. Um, Nitesh there, the crazy guy who's in the chat, he says he would like to thank Usmanov for signing our Deadwood. Hopefully he can sign a few more. <laughs> we need to offload them. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's that's uh, fair enough. Obviously, we know where Usmanov currently resides as well. So that's interesting. Um, and Paul, uh, Pete there in the chat, so he says, um, what kind of football format doesn't have relegation? That's one of the many reasons we call it sport teams competing to slap. Exactly. That's exactly what sport is, isn't it? It's, You've got to have a competition uh, and winners and losers. And I know with, with kids' sport, they don't like to have winners and losers anymore, but you can't have it in professional sport, can you? You've got to have winners and losers. That's what it's all about. Well, not too much. Yeah. Thing is, Rose, how many times has Everton won the top division? Oh, gosh, put me on the spot there. Well, in the last, yeah, eight or nine, I think, yeah. Eight or nine. more than six. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely more than six, yeah. How many times have Spurs won it? Two? Yeah, two, yeah. Two, isn't it? Two times, yeah, ridiculous. Oh, it's two years ago. Against me. Yeah. Pete says yeah. nine there. He says nine. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about no, right. It just doesn't, it's just beggar's belief. You know, nine times top division, Tottenham twice, I would have Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more to do with if if you if we're honest, I think when you look at the clubs that that's kind of got invited into it from England, it looks like it's the clubs that's been playing Champions League or European football consistently over recent years. That's all it's to, it's not to do with history, you know. I know they said it was, but it isn't yeah. clearly because if it was to do with history, Man City and Chelsea wouldn't have been in it, would they? Because they their no. history compared to seven or eight other clubs in England is nowhere near the same. So it, nothing to do with history. It was just literally to do with teams that's been playing in Europe in recent years. And that, that's literally all it was. And it's, you know, those clubs, as Rose said before, trying to safeguard that for them and for nobody else. And it's just, that's completely wrong. And luckily this has been put on hold. It's going to come back. I think we know it is. It almost has in this yeah. new Champions League format anyway. Although I suppose at least you do qualify for that to a certain degree. But obviously the more clubs you have in it, you're going to get more of the big rich clubs getting in it as well, aren't you? Because that's yeah. how it's going to work. You're not going to get a lot more small clubs competing in it because they're going to be the ones that's going to finish in the bottom of that league and get knocked out straight away anyway. So it's going to be a close shop to a certain degree anyway. Um, Pete says there, it's actually more than Tottenham and Chelsea yeah, combined nine titles. Yeah, no, it is, exactly, because yeah. Tottenham have won two and Chelsea have won six. So, yeah, and, you know, there you go. So we know it's not about history, do we? Which um quite obvious. Um, and also, if it was, it would have... No, go on. 
sorry, also, Richard, you, people forget that in the late, when Everton won the league twice, they couldn't play in Europe because of the yeah. Liverpool situation. And Everton then were a fantastic team. They could have possibly won it once or twice, you know, because they had a really good team there. Yeah, so they were unlucky there Peter, as well. Peter Reid yeah. and Andy Gray up front, and that was a great Everton oh, team. I remember few times and really good side yeah and that was the same I mean, we missed out on playing in the European Cup actually as well didn't we um, yeah. a couple of times because we we would have been in Europe as well because um, of all that so yeah it was uh, difficult I mean you can imagine now can't you if there was no English clubs allowed in Europe for five years there'd be I don't know what would happen actually they would definitely start their own league wouldn't they if that was going to be the case because yeah it seems like European football's taken on to me far too much importance actually to me what's important is your 38 games right. in the league I don't care if we're in Europe or not at all. Yes, financially, the clubs need to be in Europe to get the money. I understand that. But from a a fan's perspective, I wouldn't care if we wasn't in Europe because it's those 38 games and the FA Cup and, you know, playing Cheltenham away on a Tuesday night or something in the League Cup or something. That's what football's about, isn't it? That's what it's always been about. And to try and change it to make the European League more important, to me, is is ridiculous. So I don't support that. Um, it's already so important. I was just, I was just going to say it's already you know people now field second elevens for the for the FA Cup and Carabao Cup. Yeah, they do, you know yeah. the Carling Cup. Even you know I, I'm maybe a little bit younger than, than you two, but um, <laughs> you know the the, the the Carling Cup. You know was it yeah. what, what I what it was when I was growing up? It was a real you know it was another chance to win a trophy. But now that's just that's just nothing like to to the top six and the top eight. Like mm. we just. His teams just, uh, you know, yeah. don't even bother with it. And and what yeah. my kind of issue was is when this Super League comes in, I think that's what's going to happen to the Premier League. You know, they, they, yeah. they're going to yeah. play Burnley oh, away. Well, oh, no. you know, Man City will will play well, their bench and their youth. It does already. Does, it? It, it does and, already uh, really. yeah. When there's a big Champions League game, Man City will rotate their team. We'll rotate our team maybe... In between, we've got the two legs coming up against Villarreal. We'll rotate our team for the game in between. We'll play a weaker team in the Premier League because we're prioritising. Yeah, it's a semi-final. You can maybe understand it. But even earlier in the competitions, clubs do it. and They've done it for years. You're right. And that to me, I don't like that. I, I always think try and play your strongest team in as many games as you can and try and win everything. And don't, you know, don't prioritise one thing over another. Winning a trophy is winning a trophy, whatever it is. You know, you ask Tottenham next this weekend, they're playing in the League Cup final. They're going to love to win that. You know what I mean? And we, and because that's what football's about. It's about winning trophies. Obviously, I hope they don't, clearly. But, you know, it's quite, um, it's what it's all about. Peter there says he was named after Peter Reid, um, our best player back then. Apparently. No, he, he definitely was. He was a fantastic player, Peter Reid. Um, you know, we were after Peter Reid, you know. We sold Liam really? Brady. And the rumour was that Peter Reid, he was at Bolton at the time. Yeah. He was a couple of hours, so what shame he didn't. Going back to UEFA, someone, I listened to a pod uh, today. And uh, they made such a good point. UEFA, right? That we've taken that being a wonderful thing that they are. They don't invest in any players. They don't own any players. They don't sign any contracts. They don't cannot lose any money like the owners of the football clubs can. And yet, they're the guys calling the tune, right? It doesn't mm. doesn't sound mm. right, does it? They've got it to, yeah. on a plate. It's handed to them. All they've done, you know, they, uh, in, in the simplest way. UEFA are the middlemen. They don't actually buy or sell the goods. They just put the buyer and seller together. Yeah, 
No, exactly. Yeah. They, they, so, you know, what, why are they allowed to control everything when they That's haven't right. got a deal with the other side? No, no, you're absolutely right. I totally agree with that. Um, and the, the 1892 Red podcast there says, Rose, if we finish below you, I'll wear an Everton shirt at the end of the season. That'd be good, actually. It'd be that would be quite funny to see. So actually, I hope, um, <laughs> hope we maybe lose tomorrow so that you finish above them and then we can get that the go. That would be quite funny. Um, and Steve, the misfit there, says we're not good enough to rotate the, to not rotate the team. Well, no, I, I agree. We have, I think everybody needs to rotate, and I think that's always happened to a certain degree. You can't play the same 11 players every week. It's just how much rotation you do and where you put your priorities, isn't it? You know, for me, you should always play your strongest team in the Premier League. And if you have to rotate, rotate in the other games, one or two players if you need to. But I don't know. I think the days like that have gone. Um, just mm. no one does it anymore. Um, <laughs> and uh, again, for the 1892 Reds podcast, this is easy to like me. I'm sure so it's all a bit of fun, isn't it? You know, I'm sure you'll finish above Everton anyway. Um, but there you go. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, actually, why don't we get on to the, the game actually tomorrow? Because that's what it's about. And it's nice to maybe move away from all the other stuff that we've had to worry about. So if we start with a little bit of this. So previous meetings, obviously, um, Arsenal and Everton, it's one of the most played fixtures in English football history going back from 1904, I think the first game was between the clubs. So, um, you know, 216 times we've played Everton. So, obviously, there's loads of memories. Melvin remembers most of the games, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> is there any in particular that maybe stand out for you, Melvin, games against it's Everton? Quite a, um, quite a few, actually. 1969-70 yeah. season, the first game of the season we played at home to Everton. And they beat us 1-0. Um, John Hurst was the guy, centre-half scored the goal. And I remember sitting there, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. They had Ball, Kendall and Harvey in midfield. And midfield did not, I know it was only 1-0, and midfield did not touch the ball. And they won the league that season, Everton. I mean, it's no shock, because they were unbelievable. I know it was the first game of the season, but you could tell this team, they're a little bit special. Listen, I thought before the game, we're going to beat the um, first game of the season. Every, everyone's looking good. It's summer. You know, this is it. You're always happy, hopeful for the first. But after about five weeks, we hold on a minute. This is not right. And funny enough, exactly, nearly, yeah, 12 months later, we played Everton again. This time, Goodison Park, first game of the season. And we drew two all. They were the champions. And then, I didn't see the game. I listened to it on the radio. That's like one of those things that, you just can he can't see Rose, just listen to her radio. And um had a colour radio, didn't I? No. Um I listened to the game and I thought Everton was so good then. I thought if we can draw away to Everton, we must have half a chance of doing well this season. And obviously we did. Um I remember also listening on the radio, a bit sad as well. We played in nineteen eighty one. We played you in the FA Cup at Goodison Park. And the, the idea was years ago, if you played a decent team away from home, you did everything to not lose. You drew, when you got them back home, the chances were on a replay, nine times out of ten, you'd beat whoever the opposition was. That was, that was every team did that. Right? Anyway, I think we had a new left back called Kenny Sampson. He scored an own goal. And then I think you got a goal a few minutes later. 
I felt oh, it's horrible. I remember exactly where I was listening to it. I thought, oh, that's that a sad one for me. Yeah. Um, this is a strange and we one. won away. Melvin, the week after that, we won away at Goodison in the league. We lost in the FA Cup and then the following Did week, we, really? we, won, we won. Yeah, I don't remember that. I got only yeah. It's more important at that time because we'd, we'd been in the three years in a row, the final. We lose to Everton in the third round. In the following week, we go and win in the league. That's happened a couple of times, actually. It's, it seems a way the fixtures sometimes work, isn't it? But anyway, that was... Well, years ago, clubs used to play like within two days of each other, home and away, over Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. sometimes one team would win 7-0 and lose the other game 3-0. It's like, wow, yeah, yeah, know, it's yeah. the same level. What are yeah. you doing? Anyway, that's no, crazy. Awesome. In 1982, we beat Everton 3 0 at Arsenal. Alan Sander scored a hat trick, right? Yeah, and I remember that. The League that, Cup. that was, I don't think, was it a League Cup? Yeah, it was a League Cup. Yeah, when Sander scored a hat trick, it was, yeah. League Cup. Oh, game, right. League I remember the game. I can't remember if it was a League Cup, but I thought, yeah. just think about it, it's two years. Two years later, Everton, two, three, Everton were world beaters. And we blew them away 3 0. You used to think, like, I mean, the next season we beat them as well. 83, we beat them as well. I think we beat them twice on the trot, but it wasn't a double. It was like two separate home and away seasons. Yeah. Anyway, but 84 5 was when Everton were unbelievable. They were great yeah. to watch. I mean, they were, they were the team, like, if Match of the Day was on, Whoever Arsenal played, you'd watch the Arsenal game, obviously, in the field, but you were waiting for the Everton, Everton game to come on because the football they played was unreal. Yeah. It was they had eleven, it was like legs eleven. It was like every player knew their job. They did they, every, they had a specialist in every position, but played as a team. I mean, Andy Gray wasn't in the first team, I'm hoping that won the league, but he was in the second one, and it was just that they Sheedy on one side, Stevens was it or Stephen? It was yeah, Stevens, yeah. Yeah, Trevor Stevens. I mean, that was just to watch. The centre half was with the Welsh guy. What was his name? The captain. Ratcliffe. Oh, Kevin Ratcliffe. Harder. I mean, I just, I thought, I love Liverpool. I loved Everton. And it was brilliant. I saw that um, documentary uh, six months ago. Yeah. Howard's Way. See Howard's Way? How good was that? Absolutely, it's one of the best documentaries of football I've ever, ever seen. But it's a bit nostalgic for me, you know. That was a team I liked, that was basketball I liked watching. And it was yeah. like bringing back all the memories of the players and all that. And Oh, that's fantastic. You um, know that season, Melvin, the 84-85 the season, um, the first game of the season, Everton lost 4-1 at home to Tottenham that season, went on to win the league. The no, really? Yeah. In fact, they lost their first two games. I think they lost one nil away to Chelsea or somebody. Second game, they actually lost the first right. two games. Yeah, four one at home to Tottenham. First game of the season. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? And then they went on to to obviously didn't lose many more after that and went on to win the league. A fantastic side. So yeah, I mean that was that was incredible. That we won. We beat them one nil as well at Highbury that season. Charlie Nicholas scored a penalty. Um, but yeah, they didn't lose many games. That was for sure. But they had a very important game against Tottenham. I don't know what year it was. Had those two league title wins. They played at White Hart Lane and Spurs were not second in the league. It was a midweek yeah, game. And I listened to that on the radio as well. And they beat them. Thank God they beat them. Because I think Spurs would have had a challenge had they beaten them at White Hart Lane. But uh, Everton yeah. come up trumps and won. I remember that vividly. Um, obviously, uh, well, the League Cup, 
I remember the League Cup 1988. Uh, Semi-final, yeah. Semi-final. We won 1-0 away. I remember Harry Groves' goal gave us every opportunity. And then, obviously, we won 3-1 in the, in the second leg. We went the, went the final. with the first final for ages for us. That was a very big thing for us, that game, to win those two games. That was good. And obviously, yeah, the 1998 game. Brilliant. And obviously, the 1998 game that we won the league at. We were, you know, that game, that was obviously, that was a sunshine game. Once we went one up, the pressure was off. It was the overmiles game on it. He scored a couple great goals. And, and, uh, and that goal. And that obviously. And, yeah. It was just... Um, it was just an amazing day. It was, and that was the third of May that day, my wife's birthday. So it was all, all, all fun and games. It was lovely, lovely. I didn't mind that game day at all. Tended to celebrate that day. That was good. Those my memories. Yeah. Uh, a bit longer, than time ago. Yeah, really no, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of games between the clubs. What about yours, Rose? I guess yours would be a little bit more modern, perhaps, than uh, the summer Melvins. Uh, you probably weren't born for half of them, I would have thought. <laughs> um, I think one of my youngest memories, I think, was the Rooney goal. So, like, when we had him uh, yeah. the first time, obviously, yeah. and just, like, he just picked it up and just drove. And, and that was when your defence was, like, world-class, and, like, you had Wenger yeah. at his height. Um, and I remember Rooney just, like, powering past and, and scoring. I don't know if – I can't remember if it was a draw or probably we lost that game, but I remember that goal. That's one of my earliest memories. Well, you beat us. Oh, yeah, that was a oh, did we? Yeah, you beat us. Oh, yeah. there we go. Yeah, so that one, that one's a fun memory. And mainly mine, I think, are at home. Like, you know, I think we, we have a much better home record against you guys in recent years. Um, and I think my yeah. favourite is probably the 3-0 in the season that we had Martinez for the first season and Lukaku was on loan and Barkley. Um, it was about yeah. probably 2013, 2014. Yeah. I think we beat yeah. 3-0. Yeah, like yeah. in that, you know, I think that was one that for one me is probably my favourite one. from the right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, oh, yeah. He was, yeah, he was, yeah, a real. I hate to say it was a very good goal. Yeah, that was, yeah, we, we got blitzed that day completely. That, yeah. 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 But even, I mean, I, uh, they had a decent team then, actually. Um, so Lukaku scored lots of goals, and yeah, they, they were a good Everton side then, actually, because we'd knocked you out of the FA Cup a few weeks before. I seem to remember, and then obviously we went to Goodison, and um, we got absolutely smashed that day. Um, it's happened a few times actually over the years, but um, yeah, but you know, I mean, obviously Everton's record at, at Arsenal, and they've only won once in the last thirty-six visits to Arsenal away, and that was in nineteen eighty. No, 1996, the last one. So out of the last 30, 36, that's an incredible run, isn't that's it? Madness. You know, it's <laughs> like ridiculous. Madness. I know. It's, a, it's an unbelievable re record, isn't it, that we've got at home. And that includes cup games as well. Uh, we've played three cup games in that length of time as well and won all them as well. So, yeah, it's it's unbelievable, actually, how um, you wouldn't imagine, would you, a, a, like you said, a club like Everton, with all the you know the great teams that they've had, haven't, you know, I've only won once away at Arsenal in 36 years. It's just uh, unbelievable. They actually won two in a row before that. That was in obviously that great team in the mid 80s, won two seasons in a row at, at, at Highbury. So, um, um, Peter in the chat there, there says, he says, it, his dad says 85 86 was a nightmare when we had Gary Lineker, a nightmare season. Well, I think you came second in the league, didn't you, to Liverpool, won the double. So, I guess, and obviously, you lost a cup final to them as well. So, I can understand why your dad would think it's a nightmare. But any season with Gary Lineker in the team has to be a nightmare anyway, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Although he did score about 40 <laughs> goals, didn't he? I think, <laughs> to be fair to him. <laughs> um, and Peter again says, first game he ever went to at Goodison was Arsenal, where Rooney scored. Hey, there you go. We just mentioned that before. 
<laughs> that was Peter's first game at Goodison, actually, when Rooney scored that goal. That was a memorable yeah. oh, goal for him. When he, was, he must have been about 17, was he then, Wayne Rooney? I think when he scored that goal, 16, 17. I think, 16, uh, 16, yeah, 16, 16, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And uh, Shane's in the chat there. Good to see you, Shane. He says, Tim Cahill, yeah, he was a good player. Always seemed to score against us as well, didn't he, Tim Cahill, I remember. Good in the air, wasn't he? He scored a lot of goals from... The little guy, he was terrific in the air. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. He scored the winner against us a few times at Goodison, I seem to remember, actually. He always seemed to get a goal against us. He was a handful, us. wasn't he? He was a hand. Yeah, he was a good player. He was a good player, actually. Yeah. Uh, he's he got the moon, didn't he? I've seen him Millwall, on the telly. Millwall, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Millwall, yeah. He was at Millwall for a while and then he came to Everton, yeah. But he's, he's a good pundit on the telly, I think. He's been on a few times. I quite like listening to him. He talks a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And he was a good lad as well. Um, so, yeah, that was sort of a, a few little memories of games. I say there's obviously loads of them because, uh, you know, we've played each other a lot of times. Peter says, yeah, thankfully he scored more <laughs> goals against Liverpool. Oh, well, there you go. Um that's that's great to hear because uh, he totally scored a few against us. I know that he said every time we, we played against Everton, he seemed to score whenever he played. So um, good that uh, he scored a few against Liverpool. Actually, there was a game. I don't know if you remember it, Melvin, at the Emirates where it was snowing and um, we were losing two one in in stoppage time, and we got an equaliser. So Everton almost won at the Emirates that year. I think it was two thousand and ten. Yeah. Tomasz scored in the last minute when it was snowing. Was that the yeah, was that the one where they had it? We were they had a breakaway goal, Everton. Someone ran 50 yeah. yards with the ball. PNR. I think it might have been PNR. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember he was that. a little, yeah, he was a good little player. Kale well, yeah. might have scored one of the goals in that game as well, perhaps, River. I can't remember now. He probably did. Yeah, he they they were close to beating us then, obviously. Yeah, well, that was probably the closest that they, they've been actually for, for a while. Of course, last season's game, they Everton scored in the first minute, didn't they? Calvert Lewin scored. Um, we came back to winning that was a mad team. game it was a that first game. half was a mad <laughs> game. Oh, yeah. I think they scored the first time. minute we scored near half time I think they scored just before half time or something just after we, we scored yeah we, we, we scored, scored two yeah we scored two and then they scored in the stoppage time at the end of the first half yeah so two at half time and then we scored the first minute in the second half as well and it was 3-2 and that's how it finished so, that was yeah, the that game. Was game someone in front of me Missed about two goals. They left before half time and come back just after half time, <laughs> and they missed yeah. two goals. I thought, what do you bother coming to football for? I know, yeah, so, so many times. I know, but anyway, I guess you know, something like queuing up for a pie is more important, isn't it, than watching the game? I suppose. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, drinking that lovely tea a frequent time. Well, exactly, yeah, nice and cheap as well. Um, so. I don't think we can really talk about Arsenal and Everton without mentioning, obviously, um, Mikel Arteta. Uh, obviously a big player for Everton before he, he came to Arsenal. I mean, what's interesting for me is that it was the same week, wasn't it, that he took over at Arsenal when Ancelotti took over at Everton just before we actually played at Goodison Park, not season, just gone the season before, the nil-nil draw. And I felt at that time that Mikel Arteta was the right fit to be manager of Everton and Carlo Ancelotti was the right fit to be manager of Arsenal. And it went the other way round. Um I don't know what I mean. What do you make of that, Rose? I mean, obviously, what have you made of Ancelotti's time first of all, and obviously Arteta as well? I mean, he was a bit of a legend at Everton, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was a fantastic player. Like um, you, I understood him wanting to leave. I think that left a little bit of a sour taste and a lot in in some Everton fans' minds. You know, he did win a couple of trophies and won a couple of FA Cups. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think we fans we, we we hold a grudge quite you know quite obviously. But I definitely thought um, 
that Angelotti would go to you guys and we would get um, Arteta as more mm. of a, this is a project where you can build and like rebuild. I, I didn't think, you know, I think for me, Arsenal needed like a strong manager who's done it, like you say, and maybe it was a Chelsea connection that he felt, you know, if he goes to Arsenal, then he, they won't, you know, he, even though he won them trophies, they won't really like him anymore. He doesn't tend to, you know, go to clubs with the same city as, as far as I remember. So I'm delighted that we got him because I feel like Everton, we have, you know, appointed some really bizarre choices like Marco Silva and yeah. we, we, we weren't really in the position to say, OK, let's let you have a go. Like you see how it's gone for Lampard at Chelsea. You know, great players, but don't necessarily make good managers. So delighted that we got Ancelotti. Did think that when we didn't have managers at the same time, that you guys would go with Ancelotti and we would get Arteta to hmm. rebuild Everton. Um, exactly, yeah. But yeah, I think really promising signs from Ancelotti. I like our, our form against the, the top six Super League teams, as they're, they're now called, um, or ex-Super League teams. <laughs> you know, away from home, you know, we beat Spurs, we beat Liverpool, um, Drew with United. Like, we're, we're going in the right direction, but just very frustrating that we're not beating like Leeds at home and Fulham at home and Burnley at home because I just don't understand like we're so good away and then home form has been like one of the worst in the league so yeah that's my thoughts that sounds quite familiar doesn't it Melvin not beating Leeds yeah. or Fulham or Burnley at home that's familiar doesn't it who else has done that this season I wonder oh yeah yeah I mean I I, I agree I, I felt that at that time Arteta even now actually I, I feel as though Arteta would have been the right manager for Everton at that time and Ancelotti would have probably been better for Arsenal. But um, having looked at it now, you look at the league table and actually the, the two clubs are very, very close to go. Is it two two or three points separate us now, isn't it, at this moment, going into the game tomorrow? So, you know, you could kind of look at it. And I, I thought Everton had a good summer in the transfer market, actually, you know, buying some good players, obviously, um, you know, James Rodriguez, the, probably the main one. And um, uh, the guy from Watford in midfield, Decore, that I really liked, actually. Yeah. And I don't know, I felt Evan had a good summer window, but yeah, a great start to the season as well. It hasn't quite worked out, has it? I know you said the home form has been poor and it has. I mean, we've suffered the same. Um, but I I know, you know, you wouldn't imagine expected Evan to finish in the top four, but with the start that you had and with the, the squad that you've got, I'm a little bit surprised that maybe you've fallen away as much as you have. I kind of thought you'd, you'd stay in the top four this season. I mean, look at maybe Leicester. You know, Everton for me, have got a stronger squad than Leicester, probably a better manager. You're a little bit frustrated with how the season's gone. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just those home wins. Like I think Newcastle, it's not. It's not really even home. It's Newcastle doing the double over us, and it's just like how how does that happen? I, I don't know. Um, teams at Southampton, like we've just failed to beat those teams. I mean, honestly, looking at it now, Everton needs to kind of follow this. The, the, I would argue the same route as Leicester because. Leicester, for me, have recruited very well. They've mm. paid not very high fees. I mean, what, I think James Madison was 19, 20 million. They signed Fafana, who seems to be like a top-class centre-back yeah. last, last yeah. season, that United apparently now want for 80 million again. So yeah. <laughs> they, they do, like, they, they recruit very well. Their scouts are clearly very good. They have been since, like, the Vardy era and the Mares era and Kante and all of them. So mm. I think if Everton can end up like Leicester, which sounds mad to say, thinking you know, 10 years ago they weren't even anywhere so, near the, yeah. the Premier League, I think Everton needs to follow that and say, what are the smart buys? Because like, I think mm. 
I can't really find a Leicester player that I wouldn't really take. I mean, you've got Tillmans, Ndidi and Madison. And I'm thinking, well, that, you know, apart from Hammers, maybe Decore and Alan, I'd have them in like straight away. Like, so I think the recruitment has been smart, um, but it needs to continue. Like we, I think for me, we still need three or four more because our first 11 is good. But when you take Hammers out, when you take Decore out, it's just back to, you know, Iwobi and, and, and Gomez, who for me, they're just far too inconsistent. So, yeah. Iwobi's not inconsistent, Melvin. Come on, Melvin. <laughs> Back me up. Iwobi's no, consistently not. poor, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a, he's a yeah. poor out. They're talking about Leicester, Rose, about how they buy well, but don't they sell well? Yeah. Enormous amounts of money for their players who aren't yeah. as great as the teams buy them think they are. 80 million miles and a half. Chilwell. Well. I mean, the, just... the list goes on and on. It's fantastic. But then, yeah, yeah. it's mad because then they signed Castagna, who, who nobody knew anything about. Mm. Um, yeah. He's come in flying, and then Justin, you know, academy graduate. So, yeah, I think Leicester are, uh, you know, uh, very, you know, they're, they're being run well, let's say. Yeah, <laughs> they're so from yeah. English football, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah. No, I mean, they are a really well, well-run club, Leicester. The only thing, maybe, if I was a Leicester fan, it would frustrate me, is the fact that they get these great players cheap and they have to sell them on, so they can't really build a really great legacy there. They have to keep rebuilding every couple of years, don't they, because they sell their best players on to make the money that they need and then they have to start again, which must be a little bit frustrating, actually, I would have thought, for, for Leicester, because, you know, you can see that they've got the potential to be a really top team and win a lot of big trophies. So, you know, it would be interesting to, to see how that develops. But, yeah, that, that would frustrate me maybe if I was a Leicester fan. But, yeah, they are a very well-run club that's come from, like, like you said, their road, you know, 10 years ago. Who would have thought that they would be up the top now competing uh, in the positions that maybe clubs like Arsenal and Everton and others should be competing for? And we're not. You know, it just goes to show, doesn't it? If you're well-run, you can have success. And that was another reason why that whole European Super League thing um, was rightly binned off because it kind of stops clubs from being able to do that, doesn't it, really, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just kind of, you know, obviously, uh, Arteta's linked more with Manchester City, isn't he? Because he was beyond... And every time, you know, Arsenal play Man City, it's, it's always Arteta and Pep, Arteta and Pep. But for me, and he even spoke about it today, you can clearly see Arteta's got a big affinity with Everton because he did play a lot of his career there, didn't he? You know, and it's probably his... I would say Everton are more his second club, if you like, than, than Man City are, really. But people tend to forget that. And yet, for me, it's his... You know, I always... Associate, obviously, before he came to Arsenal, if you'd mentioned Mikel Arteta, even though he played for other clubs in the past, like Rangers and stuff, you always thought of Everton because that was who he was associated with. And even now, you probably associated more as a player with Everton because he, he only played for Arsenal about three years, didn't he, until he got injured. Um, and, you know, that's why he needs to be Everton's manager. I'm... I'm I'm sending his CV. <laughs> <laughs> That's really he was the player of the year a few times as well, wasn't he, Rose? Yeah. No, he was a top player. No, like, you know, I can't take anything away from him. Like the goals he scored, the link-up play. You know, the, the best Moyes teams for me when you had Arteta, Cahill, Baines, you know, uh, yeah, just Coleman as well. Like that was a very good team. I think it's a real shame that that team just didn't win anything. I mean, we got to a, a few finals, lots of semi-finals just like couldn't get over the line because Chelsea was so strong and United at that time, like it just mm. wasn't meant to be, but yeah, it was definitely a good football team to watch. Cause I think Moyes gets a lot of stick 
from Everton mm. fans now. Again, with the way that he left and everything. But when Manchester United come calling like that, you know, yes, it didn't work out for him, but he was always going to take it. He, he'd taken us really, I think, as far as he could in terms of Europe and everything. Um, mm. But those teams were actually, he gets like criticised for being defensive. Like you're seeing at West Ham now, Moyes' teams, you know, when he gets the players that he needs, they do attack. You know, they, they do score goals. And, and some of the attacking sides that he created, you know, with that Baines and PNR and, you know, just, I think, going back to Leicester, just very smart recruitment. I think back then, we would get a Fellaini out of nowhere or, you know, a Cahill from Millwall who just is, you know, a really hard worker that just can score goals. But now, you know, we're kind of, I don't like that we've moved away from that where we signed Delph and Iwobi because they've been at the bigger clubs. But, that you know, they're, they're just, they're, for me, they're just not the right, you know, buy for, for Everton. And I think I like us to go to the Championship and the lower Premier League clubs mm. and, and take, you know, their best player and see if it works out rather than go to yeah. Man United yeah. and go and get Rojo or you know, just, just, yeah. No, no, I agree. I'm talking about this, Richard. Yeah, yeah, I've said that a lot. We should stick to the lower, the lower, lower teams. Peter says there that kind of recruitment strategy at Leicester is like how Moyes works with us in terms of recruitment, and now he's doing the same thing at West Ham. No, exactly. I mean, you know, I know you, I agree with you. Moyes has got a lot of stick actually, not just from Everton fans. I think he, he gets a lot of stick in general, and he's just shown he did a great job at Everton for a number of years, get, got him into the top four, didn't he, and stuff like that. And he's doing a great job at West Ham. It just shows he is a good coach. He knows what he's doing, and he can get results. And He's very underrated, I, I think, actually. I'm not sure I'd want him at Arsenal particularly, but you can't argue with his record and what he's done, and I'd say, obviously, what he's doing now as well at West Ham. So, you know, massive credit to, to David Moyes. And yeah, it didn't work out at Man United, but when, you, when you're um, following Alex Ferguson, you've not got much chance, I mean, let's be honest, you know, it's who would have wanted to take that job on? So fair play to him for giving it a go. And maybe if he'd been given a bit more time, who knows? He didn't even have a season, did he? You know, he might have been able to get it right, who knows? But he wasn't given the chance, I suppose. But... Um, uh, there's a good comment here, actually, from Shane. He says, Richard and Melvin, can you explain to Rose to cherish Goodison Park before <laughs> moving to a new stadium? No, exactly, yeah. I mean, well, if I, I could turn back time, I wouldn't have moved from Highbury. I knew we had to. But, yeah, I mean, Goodison Park, I know the, the away end is not the best. And, you know, it's still got wooden seats and all that kind of stuff. You know, it needs a lot of um, TLC, maybe. But it's one of the great old stadiums in English football, isn't it? And it's going to be a shame when it's no longer, you know, there's been too many of the great grounds have, have disappeared. And it'll be a shame. I mean, what, what do you feel about yeah. that? Rose? you kind of wanting Everton to move or would you rather stay where you are? I think it's needed. Like, I love Goodison. Like you say, old-fashioned stadium, a lot of history there. And, mm. and, yeah, going to Goodison, it's just... I love it. Like, it's... Um, it's It just feels like as soon as you get it, it's like a community. Like, you know, you're so close to the pitch. Um, four walls. I don't like these bowl, you know, stadiums. I'm glad that mm. new stadiums are not going to be like that. Um, because I just think for atmosphere, it just it just changes it completely. Um, yeah. But the new stadium, it it looks great. Um, I also think I've spoken about this before, like the regeneration that's going to happen at Goodison. Like we're not just going to sell it to the highest bidder and and you know build flats on it or something. It's going to be like a non-profit uh, charity organisation. So the reason that you know I love Everton as well is just because the community links like so in touch with what that area needs. Um, you know that the the sorry the stadium will build will um provide fifteen thousand new jobs, one point five billion. Maybe I'm making that figure up, but it's millions I think into the economy. And the area needs regeneration. We've got ten thousand on the waiting list for a season ticket. So 
the demand is there um and so to boost our revenue i think uh yeah it'll be really good and all the designs you know on the waterfront the stadium it looks great so uh it we've does. got three I'll seasons yet to uh, yeah, enjoy I mean, goodison so exactly yeah and, and i think it's important as jane says there to, to to make sure that you do enjoy it where you can because you know uh, i know um the last couple of years at Highbury were quite emotional really because you knew yeah. it wasn't going to be there anymore and it, it, it's it's a sad time but I guess I mean I've seen the obviously the, the plans for the stadium and it, it does look great um but it just I, I do feel as though new stadiums do lose the atmosphere you know and the the old school atmosphere maybe which um you know Goodison Park like Highbury has always had and it, it'd be a shame to maybe lose that but that's progress I guess isn't it I suppose we can't Halt progress, unfortunately. Um, Holly's in the chat there. She said, "Good evening, hello, Rose." Um, obviously, I'm guessing that's a reference to your work at schools, is it? That you're not asleep. <laughs> Can you imagine? It must be. Uh, it must be a tough, uh, tough job, actually, because I know that's what that's what Holly does as well, don't she? So, um, and she said something about obviously your comment before. She said, "Sounds a lot like Spurs." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so we've got oh, Pete is back in the chat. He says, um, "I'll take his affection forever and come from Moyes." He built the dogs of war, not the best quality, but the team always had a togetherness under more. No, exactly. Yeah, they did. And they got good results as well, as, as we saw. Um, Shane says there, he says, uh, Rosie's seen you on another stream and you've got uh, Coleman from um, Silga. Of course, he's, he's Irish, Shane. So um, he'll be um, well aware of the history there, <laughs> which is well, good. Player, he's, he's a brilliant oh, he's a player, player, isn't he? he? Coleman over the years. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah. what a player he's been. Yeah. I think he's maybe reaching I'll the end. I'll take him tomorrow. I'll still take him tomorrow. Yeah, well, I think he's a terrific player. Oh, he is. I just he's think he's reached a couple of years left. He's reached young for us. Well, yeah, I suppose. Young yeah. for us, though. Like David Louise, maybe, I suppose, <laughs> um, at the end of his career. Um, Peter says, yeah, the only thing Moyes has done wrong, in my opinion, is stop plays, stop playing his pressing planning games and brings on extra defender uh, with mm. one goal. Well, yeah, I suppose maybe it's a little scared. bit of I suppose. Um, Peter says yeah, he wants to see safe standing in the new stadium. Hope he's brought it to the Premier League when fans finally return. No, exactly. That would be good. That would certainly be a step in the right direction, wouldn't it? Getting safe standing in stadiums. I think Tottenham have it, don't they? In their ground. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're allowed to use it, but I think they've got the capabilities of, of having it, haven't they? In the Tottenham That's where, yeah, they've, they've cut a bit away where the trophy cabinet is. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, they've got to put, they've got to find a use for something of yeah. use it for something, aren't they? Because they're not going to ever use it for any trophies, are they? So I suppose they need to kind of uh, do what they can. But no, I mean, I, I do feel that new stadiums do lack something in terms of atmosphere and stuff like that. But like we said, it's progress, and I say just to maybe enjoy Goodison while you can. And I'll certainly try and get there at least uh, one more time before you know the next couple of years that you're playing there before it goes because. Um, it is a great old stadium. We've had some great memories there over the years as well. So um, I do like the old stadiums better, but maybe that's just me. Um, if we move on to the game again, if we look at perhaps a little bit of this before we get into the actual game itself. So we've kind of touched on current form a little bit, certainly home form. I think both clubs have suffered at home, but your away form at the, at the minute, Rose, has been really good, hasn't it? I think you're unbeaten in... Quite, is it no one defeat in 11 away games or something, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. I think it's a real change because whether it's down to the fans, like whatever you can put it down to, Goodison has not been a fortress this year. Like normally it's a horrible place mm. for, for teams to go, yeah. don't like it. But this season, it's teams have loved it, honestly. Um, and so away from home, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's again working the other way that the home teams 
you know, haven't got the fans, haven't, it's, it's not the same atmosphere. Mm. And so we've gone there, you know, on the counter, we're quite dangerous, you know, with the pace of like Richarlison. And then to be honest, Iwobi does work better away from home because he is an outlet, you know, with the likes of Hamez as well and Sigurdsson. When you combine him, then, then it's, it's not too bad. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, we go with a solid back four, normally away from home. Um, Godfrey has been fantastic. Coleman is in and out mm. because of his age, I think. Um, Luca Dean, very good player as well. So our defence yeah. is quite solid. And, uh, yeah, like we've had some good results, like I said. So I think we've beaten Leicester, um, Liverpool, Spurs. Um, we've mm. beaten a few of them at home as well. So, yeah, no, I'm... I'm quietly confident going into this one. I am going to have to head off soon, guys. Sorry, like uh, Holly says, I just got back about uh, seven. I jumped on one podcast and now I'm on this one. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah um, I'm quietly confident uh, about this one because that 1996 run, like it, it has to end at some point. And when I look at your guys' home form, I watched actually the Arsenal-Fulham game because I wanted to see. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was thinking of the Arsenal that even I grew up with was quick. But, you know, you can say what you want about Wenger in the last few years. I know it went very sour, but, you know, attacking football, you probably score three and concede four on a bad day. But on a good day, you know, you're just attacking football, yeah. passing through the opponents. I didn't see any of that. I just, I just saw nothing. Like, in Fulham, we're just comfortable. Just, just you know, organised defensively. And so it does give me some hope going into the game tomorrow that maybe we can do the same, but get over the line yeah. with a win. No, I mean, I, I kind of agree. And, you know, you only saw one game. We've had to put up with this for quite a long time. So imagine how we feel. I'm going to suffer that every single week. You're lucky you just got it once. Um, and obviously, you'll, you'll see it tomorrow as well, because no doubt we'll play exactly the same um, tomorrow as well, I would have thought. I mean, yeah, your away form worries me. And like you said, you've had some great away wins at some of the big sides as well. So that does concern me. But the only thing I, I think that kind of gives me hope is your terrible record away at Arsenal really that's about the only thing I'm clinging on to because but having said that this is the season where we've lost to Burnley they hadn't won at Arsenal for years we we lost at home to Wolves they hadn't won away at Arsenal for years Leicester the same so all these records have been tumbling and Fulham almost won for the first ever time away at Arsenal last week you know a 96 minute goal so you know these records have been falling constantly this season so I wouldn't be surprised um, if another one finishes tomorrow but hopefully not but yeah you're away from it I think it's only Chelsea you're only away defeat hasn't it in in well yeah. this year actually I think it is isn't it yeah. so yeah, Ch- yeah Chelsea were, and that was yeah Tuchel like had just come in and had gotten sorted so yeah. I think if we had Lampard I think might have had a chance but no they they were too good yeah. too good that day <laughs> yeah no it's, it's always a, a tough game against Chelsea anyway so for us but no I mean that that does worry me I mean just before you go then then um then Rose give a score prediction first of all what are you thinking are you uh, I'm gonna go with a two one actually because. You guys still, I, I know that you guys have injuries and Aubameyang and Lacazette and Tierney, you know, I, that also gives me quite a boost because Aubameyang loves playing against us, always scores. Lacazette yeah. as well, I feel like they're, they're always scoring. Um, but I think without those guys, like Tierney's been fantastic for you as well. I think that's a real loss. I know Xhaka's been filling in and not doing a bad job, but Tierney gives you that attacking threat going forward. Yeah, I still yeah. know that you have Saka and Martinelli. Like, you know, I really rate those two. I think they're good players. Hopefully they're on the bench because I know Arteta does bench them every now and then. Um, so hopefully they don't start. But yeah, I know they're two players that I really, really rate. Um, and I do see you scoring because our defence in the last game against Tottenham was just honestly a shambles. So 
Um, hopefully, Carlo's got them sorted out. But my prediction is 2-1. Everton win um, for the first time in 26 years. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't want, actually, um, James Rodriguez in the chat, actually, so uh, he must be ready for the game tomorrow, <laughs> I'm sure he is, so hopefully you're not very fit, though, because I don't want you to play well, but anyway. Um, is um, is Calvert-Lewin playing? Because he's not been playing lately, has he? Has he been injured? Is he fit? Now? Yeah, he's back for tomorrow, um, we think, oh, so that's good. What do you expect, Richard? Of course he's going to be back tomorrow. Well, of course he'll be back, he'll obviously be back against us, everyone's yeah. back against us. You can guarantee if a player's injured, they'll be fit to play Arsenal, so yeah, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised that he, he plays. Um, of course, he did score last in last season's game as well, didn't he? So, um, obviously, he's a massive threat, isn't he? So, yeah, and no, I mean, that scoreline certainly wouldn't be a shock if Everton do win 2-1. Let's hope that, um, from our point of view, they don't. But uh, I think if there was fans in the stadium with everything that's gone on this week and Everton were to win, I think there'd be a terrible atmosphere in the ground, actually, from the Arsenal fans. So, yeah, I think it might be... Uh, and and uh, Rodriguez has said that he's fully fit. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> no doubt you'll have a good game against us as well. So it's good that he's, he's watching the show, actually. So that, that's always nice, isn't it? You know, um, same Calvert Lewis not in as well. We could have a little Everton party, maybe. But anyway, um, <laughs> this week, anyway, just want to give your channel a plug as well because I know you, you've got some, you do some good stuff on here, don't you? Uh, yeah. So I, if you search Everton Rose on YouTube, you can find me there. I'm also on Twitter, which is at Everton Rose YT, and Instagram um, as well at Everton underscore underscore Rose. Um, but Richard, no, thank you so much for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Um, sorry that I have to go now, but yeah. No, no problem at all. Good. I, I, yeah. I know you've been busy. It's a, it's a busy time <laughs> when, when there's games on appearing on, popping up on different streams and stuff. So it's, thanks for coming on and giving us your time and um, hopefully enjoy the game tomorrow. Not too much, hopefully, Not but um, much. we'll see. And Marks has put a comment in there. What was your score prediction, Rose? He just gave it. She said 2-1 to Everton. 2-1. Um, obviously, she's going to be wrong, but um, it was nice of her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no, thanks, no, thanks, thank you so much. Yeah. No, thanks for coming yeah. on. I know that was And then good luck for the rest of the season after tomorrow. Yeah, and, and same to you. Yeah, but not too much. I didn't want to finish your project, so not too much though. So that was uh, that was Rosie, of course. Um, Everton Rose, great to have her on the channel, and good to get an insight into you know the other the other team's fans as usual. Um, Mark in the chat there says um, Tim Cahill was a legend. He, yeah, of course, he was. He definitely was a fantastic player. As we know, um, our Peter's going on about the offsides. Actually, we'll go on to that in a little while. Actually, he's made a few comments about the sort of offside and VAR and stuff as well, which which we'll come into um, in a minute. Um, I mean, obviously, in terms of our current formula, Melvin at home, we haven't won for the last four games, and I'm quite worried about that. Can you see much different tomorrow? In do you think we'll approach the game differently tomorrow, or? It's an easy excuse to make now, isn't it, with the week that we've had if we do lose? Oh, well, you know, the players. None of them teams that's played so far have won, have they? Because Chelsea drew, Liverpool drew. Um, I think they're the only two that's played so far, aren't they? So, I don't know. What, what are you thinking about that? Well, first of all, how disappointing. He just said there's four games without a home win. And in December, we had four or five as well, didn't we? Well, we well, lost run, four in a row, didn't we? Yeah. We lost four in a row. So, yeah. that's very, very poor, isn't it, really? Very poor. It's not good enough. No. Um, well, I think we do anything differently. We've got the excuse as well. We've got a European game coming up. That's another excuse you can yeah. throw in on the fire. That one. Yeah. So I yeah. don't like excuses. I don't like excuses. Sorry. You know, I mean, you could you can make an excuse for not winning a game because A, B, or C. But if the players aren't mentally ready, that's no excuse for me. They've got to be ready mentally. They can't. They're a bit slower or a bit off because, you know, they've played a few games. 
we've got to be in our squad. And if we've got to put players in that aren't quite up to it, then they shouldn't be in our squad unless they're very, very young. Unless they're like 18 or 19 and then haven't really played for us at all. If players are 24 or 22 over that age and you bring them in and they're weak, they make us considerably weaker, should they be in our squad to begin with? I'm just no. upset about yeah. that. They shouldn't. One or two of these players should make a marked difference to the performance of our team. Sorry, they shouldn't no, become no, passengers. No, no, I, I agree. And unfortunately, we've had we've had too much of that this season, haven't we? Um, yeah. We've got Lewis Lewis in the chat there, obviously Everton fan. Hello, guys. How are you doing, Lewis? Thanks for watching. Hopefully, Hi, um, you won't enjoy the game too much tomorrow. And Guna seventy as well is in the chat. Um, and he says they're front three Pepe. Right, Balogun middle, Martinelli left. I mean, that would be an interesting front three, wouldn't it? Will Arteta be that brave? I'm not sure if he will. Um, he won't he be that brave. He thinks he'll be right and the middle, Willian left. <laughs> I'm Listen, not sure if Willian will play, I don't know. You know as well as I do, the team you want to play and the team he picks are two different things. Yeah. No, they are. They That's are. Certainty. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I know, I mean, I've... I've been critical of, of our team selections quite often actually and sometimes they've worked out and sometimes they haven't but to be fair to him and to be fair to everybody at the club we don't really know what goes on in training we don't see the players every day and he's got more of an idea of who's maybe better prepared for each game possibly and sometimes you know maybe we don't take those things into account we pick the players that we think have played well in the last few games or whatever it is so I, I don't know I, I do have a little bit of sympathy in that sense but having said that you've seen some of the crazy team selections that he's made and you have to scratch your head and think you know what on earth is he doing and when it doesn't work it makes it even more of a problem doesn't it I suppose um Lewis has said there um we've only got Decore and um um Gambin out injured all the others are finally back including uh Calvert-Lewin, Mina and uh, Bernard well that's nice isn't it that you've got a full squad to play as which is which is great so yeah um, Decore actually, yeah, he, I've, I've noticed he's not been playing. I didn't realize he was injured because, um, I, I really rate Decore, I think he's a great player, and um, yeah, it's, obviously, it's good for us, he's not fit, but he must be a bit of a miss for you guys because I know he's decent. And then uh, Louis says, and there will be hat trick <laughs> that somehow wouldn't surprise me actually. He's bound to score, isn't he? I suppose, um, the ex Arsenal player kind of curse that we seem to have. And um, Gary in the chat there says, Arsenal always surprises us, yeah, they do, yeah. Um, you expect I expect a surprise tomorrow. He says, first with a lineup, then with a team play. Last week was a shocker, so tomorrow I hope for the opposite. No, exactly. Yeah, last week was a shocker. Um, and unfortunately, it's one of many shockers this season we've had to, <laughs> we've had to put up with. But um, yeah, let's hope it is the opposite tomorrow. I'm not 100% confident that it's going to be. Um, Shane says, Yeah, I think, um, I must meet uh, ES, ESL will light a fire under him. Oh, you must be in ESR, so yeah, Emma Smith Rowe. We like fire under Everton, but likewise, the pro the protest um, should with Arsenal players. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if how much the protest, how, how big it is for a start and what effect that has and does it affect the players' preparations. I know, obviously, the Chelsea fans stopped the bus coming and all that, didn't they? Which probably isn't ideal preparation for a game for the players. So I don't know whether that's what Arsenal fans are planning or whether it's just going to be literally outside making their feelings clear about the owners, which is probably the best thing to do. It isn't the players, is it? You don't need to stop the bus coming at the ground. You know, obviously, Cronky's not going to be there, is he? So, um, but maybe a protest on that lines would probably be better. Um, going to 70 there says, I agree with the training, but we can see what happens on the pitch. Well, yeah, we can, yeah. So we only have that to base our judgment and opinion. No, exactly, we do. 
we um we don't see what goes on. But yeah, if, if we see a player like William, for example, who's played poorly for 10, 11 games in a row, you know, no matter how good he is in training, surely at some point you've got to think, well, he's not doing the business on the pitch and the mat and the games when it matters. So but baffling. Um but anyway, you know, that's what it is and uh, I suppose we just get to accept that now, don't we? I mean, what do you think he'll do tomorrow, though, Melvin? Because obviously we have got the European game on Thursday. I know it's a long way off, nearly a week away. So he doesn't need to rest players, but do you think he will? Yeah, he probably will rest players. I mean, I've got to a point now, I don't care who he picks. It was such a horrible thing, that Fulham game. It really yeah. was disappointing. Yeah, it was. And, and I just can't, I can't get any enthusiasm up. It's like, I've lost a little bit of enthusiasm the last week. Not just the Fulham game, yeah. more so. What's gone on the last 40, yeah. 72 hours? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's no. really, like, set me back. I mean, like I said somewhere on on, um, on Ryan's show, it's like, we've got we've got the V missing from the Arsenal. That seems to be taken away, hopefully short term. We're not, you know, we're supposed to be the classy team. Not the team, sorry, the classy um, club. You know, yeah. what would Dennis Hill would be thinking now? You know, it's it's really disappointing you know I've, every you know you used to go to Arsenal Highbury and you felt a bit of uh, it was a bit it felt great it was lovely community and you felt this was a special place it was like if you know going to church if you like you know what I mean it's like something that's something like even though they're not religious it was your religion going to the Arsenal yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. now it's I don't know what it is it's just like it's Arsenal Incorporated isn't it now it really is and it's what team will he pick well it'll be Leno in go I suppose Will he play Bellerin? He might do Holding, Gabriel, and he play Jack or left back again, I think. Midfield, he probably do Ceballos and uh, Partey. Then the four up front, or four in front of the midfield, if you like. He probably will do Pepe. He's got to play Martin Elliott. I don't think he's got any choice, has he? Not that I'm happy, I'm happy about it. I want Martinelli to play. I cannot see he could make a choice of not picking Martinelli. Ideally, I'd like to see Balogun play, but that ain't going to happen, I wouldn't have thought. So, Martinelli, Pepe, he'll probably play William tomorrow. Saka, that's what I think that type of team would be. Something like that. It's a little bit of wishy-washy, I know, but as I say, I haven't got the enthusiasm. I haven't given it much thought, to be honest with you, because I've forgotten we've got a game tomorrow night. You know, it's just like, yeah. that burner, yeah. isn't it? That game. It, it doesn't seem to matter. The game tomorrow is like, it's just, it's not as important as what's going on with the club. So, uh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree. And this, this week has maybe brought everything into focus. I mean, it, it makes me maybe a little bit, I, I look at it and I think to myself, a lot of Arsenal fans are suddenly saying, oh, we're going to, we're not going to buy stuff from the club. We're going to boycott this. We're going to do that just because of what's happened this week. But these have been owners at the club for what, 10, 10 years or so they've been at the club. And, We've seen what they're about. This isn't anything new. So all these protests should have happened five or six years ago. Everyone was, but I remember I went to a, I went to a protest march at the Emirates. It would have been about 2017, right? which was supposed to be about getting the owners out. And it ended up being a, a Wenger out rally, all, like, drummed up by the, all the AFTV people. right? And I'm thinking, that's not what this should be about. And I, I just walked away from it because I'm thinking, I'm not going to be a part of that because getting Wenger out, wasn't what we needed to do. Getting Arteta out now isn't what we really need to do. Yes, I, I don't think he's necessarily the right manager to take us forward, but the problems are deeper than that. 
And, you know, if everybody could focus on, if we'd focused on this five or six years ago to, to get Cronky out, then maybe it might have had more of an impact. I think it's too late now, personally. And I don't think, as, as you could see from what he said today, they've got no intention of selling. You know, the protest tomorrow, as, as great as it's going to be in terms of getting the fans together again, I don't think it's going to serve it at the purpose that we want it to because I don't think it's going to make any difference to whether he, he sells the club or not just because the fans aren't happy. He knows the fans aren't happy quite clearly and he doesn't care because he's known that for a long time. But I just felt as though maybe as a fan base, we got tied up in the wrong things. And I say, I went to that march a few years ago and it was a total waste of time because it ended up, just, it was just finger out. And I'm thinking, what's the point in that? You know, at that particular time, we needed to act to get the owner out. But there you go. And we're left in a situation that we find ourselves in now where it's all come to a head when this has been going on for a long time. I mean, like you said about Hillwood, Dennis Hillwood, right? And the Hillwood family who ran this club since, what, the 1930s or whatever it was, the 1920s, you know, steeps in history. And they understood what the club meant. And, you know, since since that's finished and, you know, we've had a comment there from Gruner 70 about David Dean as well. He says, um, just feel ever since David Dean left and we left Tyber, it was the beginning of our decline. Yeah, it was. And David Dean was, you think David Dean joined the club in 1983 when we'd been going nowhere for a few years, drifting along. He came along and suddenly within a few years, we were winning trophies and we had a period of success that lasted. Funny enough, he left the club in what, 2007 and had, you know, from pretty much from when he joined to when he left, that was our greatest ever period of success in the club's history. And you can't tell me that's a coincidence. You know, yes, we had two or three different managers in that time, but they all had sustained success. And the reason for that was because the club was running the right way. It was ran where the team on the pitch was the first priority and everything else was secondary. And that's why we had the success that we did. And unfortunately, David Dean, yeah, and David Dean was a big driver in the Premier League. Don't don't let's put that aside. And David Dean would no doubt now he'd be pushing for a European Super League. I'm sure he would, because he was he mentioned about it. When he was at the club, the possibility of that in the future. So I'm not, I'm not saying that David Dean is, you know, squeaky cleaning this, but there's no doubt that he had the best interest of the club at heart and he drove the club onto great success. And yes, it's the decline has happened quite rapidly since well, he's gone. And obviously the new owners have come in. So yeah, it's it's a shame, isn't it? It's um yeah. but fortunately Thank you again, Richard. He got Wenger in. Without him, we wouldn't have got Wenger. Yeah, no, he did. He did a lot of great stuff, and I, I love David Dean. He did a lot of great stuff. Too. Take, uh, yeah, club. He was amazing. Just going to say hello to Richard. Hello, Richard. Not Richard, someone broke. Neil. Neil, looking at you. Neil's got a couple of comments in. What's his name? Is Guna Seventy? Is Neil? From, oh, is it Neil? Is it? Oh, okay. From purely Arsenal. He, he agrees with you there. He said, "Well said, Melvin." Obviously, from what you said before. At least um, Neil's got my name right. He has, yeah. And you didn't get his name right, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you off. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. We've it's all struggled. It's been a tough week. Um, actually, Neil there says, he said, honestly, if this Super League went ahead and it still could, well, I think it still will eventually. It's twice this, isn't it, with a new Champions League format anyway. Um, and we were expelled from all domestics. I would have stopped my support. No, me too. I said that earlier in the week. Yeah. Without yeah. domestic competition, without those 38 games in the league, if we wasn't in there, I've got no interest. In it, I wouldn't. I'm not in. I'm very. I've got a very little interest in European football anyway, and I suffer it when we're in it because it's us and it's a trophy, and you know we haven't won enough of them. Um, but yeah, and he says as well. More importantly, we were competing. Well, yeah, we were competing. Unfortunately, not anymore though. That's that seems to be where we are at the moment. Um, and even when Wenger had no funds for players, he still got top four consistently. He did, yeah. And he was ridiculed for it. Yeah. Now top four is a holy grail. Exactly. Be careful what you wish. That's yeah. what I say. You know, 
when there was all that Wenger out stuff which we went through and I hated it because yes I don't think there's any doubt he was reaching the end of his career at Arsenal and, and he needed to, to move on but the way that the fans were about it all was just not not right for me um and and yeah I, I don't know I just didn't like that at all and like we said you know everyone said, wasn't it it was, yeah. And everyone says, oh, you know... I, I wanted it to go. Don't get me wrong. I wanted yeah. it to go, Richard. The way it yeah. was done, the way the people were, were on, on the social media were going to go, it was so disrespectful. Yeah, no, I mean, I, we were lucky. We thought that is the best football we're ever going to see as an Arsenal supporter. Yeah, yeah. We were lucky and we were blessed to... to yeah, have very lucky to see that. Yeah, we were. And, it was, and I'm just grateful that I was at an age where I could appreciate it and see it and witness it and be there to to experience it and you know I'll always be be grateful to Arsenal Wenger for that and you know I, I never ever I never once um said Wenger out or anything like that yes he frustrated me sometimes and we lost games and you'd get you'd get the ump afterwards and that but you know ultimately I would never have done that because of the respect and what he gave us and he deserved that respect and he never really got it, I suppose, but ultimately. But exactly what Neil says there about the top four, you know, Wenger was ridiculed, wasn't he, for finishing the top four every year with what I believe is the worst group of players and we've got at the moment a lot of the years and, and he still managed to do it year in, year out. And now we would love to be back in the top four, wouldn't we? Do you know what I mean? We would absolutely love it. So yeah. it's just funny how things kind of go in circles, in, in cycle, cycles, isn't it? Uh, and uh, obviously Neil says, yeah, it is me, Neil. <laughs> yeah, he says he hopes to return to Twitter soon. Um, oh, yeah, good. good. That's um, and he says as well, Neil says, I wanted him to go, but more for his health and sanity and to spare him from those of our circles. But no, exactly. Yeah, you could see it was affecting yeah. him towards the end. And he yeah. he maybe did stay a little bit too long for, for, for himself as well. I think we all understand that. And it was just a shame the way it all ended, actually, because, you know, maybe you should have gone... After we the, the 2014 FA Cup win, maybe ended a trophy drought. That would have been a maybe good time to go. But I think he, he thought there was more to come from that group of players. You know, the season after we won the cup again, we had a great second after that season. We we should have maybe done better that season. The season after, of course, was the season Leicester won the league. We should have we should have maybe won the league that year. And I think he, he could sense there was more in that team. He just wasn't able to get it over the line, was he? And maybe in the end, he, he stayed too long funny. for that reason, perhaps. You know what's quite funny, Richard? Um, in the barren years, like 2008 onwards, mm. looking back to, to see some old games, we still played some fabulous football. Yeah. All right, we weren't winning the leagues or cups. But some of that football was off the radar. Mm. And what let us down, we played away at the balls of this world or up north one of a cold Wednesday night. And they yeah. did see the players were trying. That's not necessarily his fault. And it's such a shame because the talent was there. It was yeah. definitely there. And he, and the team was really, even though we weren't winning things, it was in his own image. It was still the Wenger way. And that's, that's mm. a shame as well. You forget how good no, no, the team I, was that didn't win anything. It was actually. And in a way, right, it's, you know, you can see how, how the football's evolved since Arsene Wenger went, obviously, under Unai Emery initially and now under Arteta, the way the football's changed. And at the way that we play football has changed. And you, you can see the, the difference in it. And I think that maybe for a lot of people, myself definitely included, is I haven't been able to enjoy the football since Arsene Wenger's gone to the same level because the football's not as enjoyable to watch. And I can accept sometimes that, you know, it's more tactical now. It's played a different way, a different pace of 
football to what it was and the way that Wenger played it. And I just haven't been able to get my head around that very well. And I've, and I struggled right from the very first, you know, the very first game of Unai Emery, looking at Arsenal on that pitch that day against Man City, looking at it, thinking, what on earth is this? Because yeah. it didn't it didn't look like it, it didn't make sense to me. And even though we had a good run under Emery and we played some good football at times, I still looked at it and I was confused because it wasn't what I was used to. And I think maybe a lot of people felt like that. And, yeah. you know, in the end, of course, that didn't work. And now we've got Arteta. And again, sometimes, you know, I look at the football and I'm still confused because it's not Arsenal. And I want us to play like we played under Wenger with better players that we've got now. And I want us to do that. And I don't know when I'll lose that because that football was so good. And even, like you said, even in the years that we wasn't competing for the league, we were still finishing top four. But even in those years when we wasn't doing particularly well, the football was generally good, wasn't it? It was good to watch. And you could enjoy the games usually. And yeah, there was obviously some poor ones as well. Of course there was. Let's not try and pretend yeah. there wasn't. You know, six nil defeats and all this, that and the other. But ultimately, in between all that, there was some great football. Whereas now, we're still getting poor results. And even when we play well, it's not as enjoyable to watch, is it? Very rarely is it that enjoyable. I don't The football that we play isn't as good to watch. I don't think it is. I you know what's quite it. funny, Richard, also, is that the, the, the last season, when we really played well, we had some fantastic games. You remember them because they're too far and few and far between. Years ago, yeah. every game yeah. Yeah. was like exciting things were happening. Nowadays, when we do play well, we go, oh, fantastic. It's like manna from heaven. So we're not used to it. That's the problem. We we yeah. used to be used yeah. to watching that. Not, not every week, but on the, on the majority of the football, the majority of the games, we were being entertained. Like I said, even yeah. when we weren't winning. But now we've got a Fulham game. I can, I can name some other games this season. It's just like right. you're looking at you watch you're going, only 12, 20 minutes to go. What a shame. I wish it was over. You really want yeah. that game to be over. Yeah. Right, yeah. you're only watching it because you just can't get up from your seat, or you're doing a watch along or something, and you're thinking, "Well, I've got to sit here. How can I get yeah. out of Arsenal?" Play? I've never done this in my life before, yeah, and it, you no, do no, genuinely no. want to get up and make yourself yeah. a cup of tea, and it's yeah. so disappointing. It really is. And all this thing about the first—I think the first 20 minutes of the game—we don't seem to be going to get anywhere normally. We're so mm. we're slow starters again. And you're thinking, "Why are we slow? Just get on with it." Take the handbrake off. We're too frightened about giving away a goal. We should be good enough that if we do are unlucky enough to give away a goal, and not saying we will, we can do something about it. You know, it's like we're frightened of our own shadow to a degree against teams that are not that particularly good, uh, particularly so good. So it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a real downer for me. It really is. Every game I watch for the Arsenal, before the game, I'm excited. Even tomorrow, tomorrow night, I'm not going to watch it live because I've got the family over. And normally I'd watch it, family or no family, you know what I'm saying? Tomorrow they're coming over, we don't see them that much now, obviously. They're coming over, we're going to have something to eat, and that might go on after the kickoff. I'm going to record the whole game, and when I'm ready, when they go, I'll watch it without knowing the score, right? I would never normally do that. But then again, the beauty of that is, Richard, I can flip through. If it's a lousy game, I can flip through it. I right, never normally do that. Yeah, but that, but that it's is, so yeah. unentertaining. It's so back-footy, yeah. if you like. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing. And let's hope he, he gets it right. Let's hope he does get it right, because I won't to take too much more of it the next couple of years if it continues like this. No. I mean, I, I, I've been thinking quite a lot recently, actually, watching some of the games. And like, I agree with you that they've not 
um been very entertaining or enjoyable the odd one or two every so often but not very not very many and it's almost like even some of the worst games under Arsene Wenger were more enjoyable than some of the best games under Arteta in terms of the, the football and that's a sad state of affairs really isn't it you know it is and I, I don't know how I can change how I feel about that it's just the football is not the sort of football I enjoy watching and the, the weird thing is you know when when Pep first came to Manchester City the first couple of years he was there obviously Arteta was working with him and you know, Man City were winning games every week and, you know, you know, getting 100 points in the league or this kind of stuff. I didn't enjoy watching Man City play. I didn't enjoy that style of football. Um, and that's just, maybe that's just me, maybe because, like I said, all those years of Wenger football, maybe, I don't know. But I never, I always found it quite slow. And then they would, Man City would play slow, 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 then quick, 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 score four goals yeah. and then slow, slow, slow for the rest of the game. And I didn't enjoy that. And I've never enjoyed it. And we're now playing that football, obviously nowhere near as effectively because we don't have the players. And that's probably why I don't enjoy watching Arsenal as much now as I did for that reason, because we basically become a, a very, very poor version of Manchester City, which I didn't enjoy watching when the, the good man City version at the time. So and I don't enjoy watching them now. Um, you know, um, Neil's got said there, he says he was loyal, obviously meaning Wenger. He really wanted the club to succeed. No, exactly. He did. I bet personally for him, his disappointment was not winning the Champions League. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I would I would say it was. And I think that's all our biggest disappointment, actually, because that was our one opportunity, wasn't it? Um, Neil again says, definitely we saw the best football under him without a shadow of a doubt. Um, he, he says he revo revolutionised football, uh, completely turned turned it on its head. Don't forget, he rejected lucrative deals from the most glamorous club. That's lot. Yeah, he did, yeah. Real Madrid was one he turned down, didn't he? Uh, amongst others as well. Um, and Neil says again there, we were certainly spoiled under him. We most certainly were. Um, and we're realising that now, I think, more so than ever. I think a lot of people that maybe were shouting for Wenger out probably now maybe feel a little bit silly because what's what we've had to watch since. I know we've won the FA Cup, but even so, um, it's not been great to watch. Um, and Neil again says, our biggest competitors, unfortunately, are ourselves. Yeah, no, exactly. I still believe we have a squad good enough to be doing much better. No, totally agree with that. I, I think we definitely have got a squad that should be doing. I think we've got a top four, top six squad, actually. Top six squad, maybe, uh, push. Um, and we should have been challenging in the top six and challenging for the top four with this group of players. I, I don't believe that was um, too much to expect, actually. Um, and Neil says, yeah, spot on, Rich. Entertainment value has significantly declined. It has, unfortunately. It's a shame. And um, Neil again says, Alan Hansen said, our best team under Wenger was the best team he's ever seen. And that's coming from him. Well, no, yeah, he, he did. And obviously, a lot of people have said the same at the time. Unfortunately, since though, it seems as though Arsene Wenger's best team now has been apparently overtaken by Liverpool and Man City from recent years, but I'm not having that at all. I don't believe anybody's played football like the best Wenger teams did. I don't think anybody has, and I don't think anybody will, because football has changed now. And, he, and you know, Klopp's Liverpool are a good team to watch sometimes, don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed watching them at times, but it's nowhere near the football Wenger plays, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not having anybody say otherwise. Um, Gary from DWTT says, Arsenal is underachieving, at almost certainly... The players don't believe pulling on that red shirt lifts them to the next level. Yeah, I think that's partly it. And also as well, I feel maybe partly they're not motivated enough from inside. The tactics, I don't think they believe in the tactics enough. I don't know. There seems to be something missing. You know, I don't think it's just the, you know, the players um, themselves. Yes, it obviously comes from the players. But I don't know, do they, do they not believe in what they're being told? Do they not believe in, in the football that we're being asked to play? I don't know. It doesn't seem as though they do at times, I don't think. You know, look at that Fulham game last week as an example. 
they didn't look like they believed in what they were doing. And that's this happened loads of times, isn't it? Lots and lots and lots of times. You know, the, the home game against Slavia Prague, the home game against Olympiacos, so many recently as well. Liverpool, you can read them all off, can't you? Just reel them off. Yeah, and I thought a lot of you know people say, "Oh, we've improved since Christmas and this that, and the other." Yeah, I suppose we have, but that was only bearing in mind how terrible we Christmas. were. Christmas, we relegation for the Christmas. We had to improve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A good level to start from, is it? No, no, exactly. Exactly, and you can look some of these poor performances that we've had in the last six, six, six seven, eight weeks um, are just as bad as the ones before Christmas. It's just because they've now been. We occasionally have a decent performance, Leicester away, for example, or a Slavia Prague away, or we throw in one of them, don't we? So it maybe makes the, the terrible performances around it don't seem as bad. Before Christmas, it was just terrible performance after terrible performance and nothing to ease it. At least now we're throwing in the odd good one, which in a way makes it worse for me because I'm thinking, why can't we do that more? Why can't we do a Slavia Prague away more? Why can't we play like Leicester away more often? Uh, and that's yeah. what makes it worse, maybe. Um, I don't what know. about Jekyll and Hyde? That's what we are. Well, yeah, exactly. We are. That's exactly what we are. Um, Neil says, yeah, Liverpool, Man City are excellent, but our team was better, and that's not biased. I've had hardcore Liverpool fans agree with that. I mean, I, I think it is a little bit biased with, with me, maybe. I, I don't think I'll ever see a better team than the great Wenger side, but I don't know. Uh, I personally, it's just what people enjoy, I suppose. The football, I, I enjoy watching that football, and I don't enjoy watching much football these days to the same extent, though. You know, even Liverpool and Man City, well, Man City particularly, I don't enjoy watching them at all. Um, and, and I think Chelsea, as well, if you look at Chelsea under Tuchel as well, like now, they're quite dull to watch, aren't they? They're very organised and yeah. they know what they're doing, but they're quite dull to watch, aren't they? There's not many Chelsea games I've looked at and thought that was a good game. They kind of it's get like a results. Computer game now. Football is like a computer yeah. game. Yeah, no, it is. It is, and it's a shame. It really is. Because, you know, and I think VAR's contributed to that as well. I mean, I say we did have these comments earlier from uh, from um, from Peter, the Everton fan. He was talking about the, the offside. Uh, let me try and find them, actually. He says here that um, they should also speed up the process of being uh, semi-automated offside to get rid of these stupid VAR offside. No, we exactly agree with that. Uh, he says a semi-automated offside uses 3D mapping to map out players' entire body and track their movements in the game. And it guarantees more accuracy of... Uh, with the offside line because the computer put them down. I mean, that's interesting, actually. I don't know whether that would be an improvement or not. That would maybe make it a little bit more robotic, maybe, wouldn't it, perhaps? I don't know. But I suppose at least the decisions would be more accurate. But is that the problem? You know, the VAR lines maybe are making it too accurate a little bit, perhaps. Um, he says there as well, Peter, that he notifies linesmen immediately as well because it catches an offside instantly and they have a wristwatch which will light up red to indicate offside. Yeah, that's what I like, the, the VA, the over-the-line technology, isn't it, I suppose, in, in a similar sense to that. I'm not sure if I would like that, actually. I'm not sure if I would. What do you think, Melvin? Would you like that or, or not? That's going to no. a computer game. No, it's a computer game again, isn't it? It's all about a computer. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, I, I, I reckon... Sometimes VAR is given, they put the VAR up, and none of the players on the defence actually would, are appealing for it. They think it's a goal. And all of a sudden, yeah. they get a lifeline. If they're going to do it, I reckon they should be alert, the players. And if they want to have a challenge or a leak, they're allowed three challenges a game. Other than that, VAR yeah. don't come into it at all. Well, no, maybe the manager, the, manager, the manager picks the challenges, I reckon. Or whatever, yeah, something like that. You've got three channels, like cricket, you've got three goes, yeah. and uh, that way, if it's if it's if it is 
if it's by a hair's breadth, the players aren't going to know that, are they? They're not going to take no. that chance. It's like with an LBW in cricket. Sometimes they mm. think it's close. It might be. They're going, no, I'm not wasting it on that. And I think yeah. football's got to do something like that. Because to miss a, to cheer for a goal, or you can't cheer for a goal, actually, and then it's ruled out, you've got to wait a minute or two, which seems like half an hour. Like I said, like I put out there once, I went, I've learned not to celebrate a goal until I get a confirmation email come to me. Then, then I know it's a goal. You know, you've got to wait that long. You know what I mean? You got, It's ridiculous. And you get goals disallowed and you think, well, they're looking at VAR. I don't understand what they're doing it. What they're looking at. And they come up with some bloody, something else has gone just beforehand that you've missed or not even thought about. It's too clinical that way. You know, it's too, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, going back with the rubber of it, go back. I think this goal line technology is fine because that's mm. 100% yes or no. When you're talking about um, something that is, it's a, a matter of opinion, once you put it to VAR, then all politics come into it. You know that the referee is going to be more than likely when it's a, an opinion, because some of the decisions are opinions. When it's an opinion, then I think the referee gets... Um, he gets, uh, you know, the people in VAR take the referee side, I think. I really mm. do think that when it's to do with a, a certain opinion. I would prefer yeah, no. also, you can't change the result, but I, I've said it for years, retrospective punishment for players diving and stuff like that, when it's actually proved his keys has gone down nowhere near. Sometimes the referee just plays on. I can't yeah, understand shouldn't VAR, shouldn't VAR be dealing with that now? Uh, I don't trust it though, Richard. I don't trust VAR. The people up there don't well, no. because they're going to go with a ref. I just don't trust them. We saw last week, didn't we, that Fulham game, that penalty they got. I mean, that was a clearly a dive and, you know, yeah. VAR still gave it as a penalty. So I guess maybe we can't rely on Yeah. Um, Gary says, the offside should use the daylight rule since it allows for some human error. Um, humans can can tell players offside <laughs> by a toenail. No, exactly, you can't. Um VAR offside it is yeah, and um, Neil says yeah that's what uh, that's what I've been saying Melvin. Each team gets three challenges per game. They do it in tennis and cricket, like you said. Now, exactly. I think yeah, maybe the manager should decide whether or not he thinks it was a little bit iffy. Shall we appeal that one? Like you said, Melvin. Or wait, imagine after them goals that's been disallowed wouldn't have been disallowed, would they? If that was the case, exactly. They wouldn't have appealed exactly. against them. They wouldn't have appealed against them. Um, uh, Neil says their yeah, goal line technology is great. Uh, being called offside for a bloody toenail is ludicrous. Yeah, it is. But having said that, I mean, the goal line technology failed in the Aston Villa game last season, didn't it? Which kept them up. Um, but anyway, I suppose, uh, you know, it's every technology is going to fail, isn't it? Like, you know, technology always fails, isn't it? Um, Gary says their yeah, VAR reviewed offside um, should use the daylight rules. Oh, we said that one before, actually. Um, no, I mean, the daylight rules... I don't know because that's almost you're too far offside if there's daylight, aren't you? Maybe I don't know. It needs to be a clear and obvious. It was brought in for clear and obvious mistakes, and that's what it should be for me clear and obvious, you know. And if, if you need to draw lines on the pitch, it's not clear and obvious, so just give the goal because it should be. With I don't even think pitch. those lines are straight sometimes. I think they look like a crooked angle. They don't look they right. Don't. You look at it from one angle, the thing is offside. Then you see this line drawn, you go, No, it's not offside. If you got, where if they you draw got, that line from, is it a dodgy ruler or something? If you've got a curved telly, though, you know, it's not going to be straight, is it? So you're never going to see it. I, know, I, I, I watch all my games on the radio. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. It's the best way. That's why I get it a bit fuzzy sometimes. I get a bit confused. It's, it's the best ridiculous. way on the radio. 
yeah no he's he's crazy the whole thing's crazy yeah. and actually i've i've it has spoiled it's one of the many things in recent times that spoiled the enjoyment of football i think and well no i think it spoiled the um it spoiled the enjoyment of football for people that enjoy football for what it was people that just want it to be a tv show it's probably improved it for them because they're not that bothered because it's probably adds to the drama maybe for the tv audience or it adds to you know the accuracy of it all but i don't like it and i don't think any real football fans like it either um i don't know for me it's it's done nothing but harm and spoil taken away i, I mean i said the other day it's taken away the emotion out of the game for me and that's one of the biggest things, isn't it? The emotion of football, emotion of a goal. Uh, without that, it's nothing really. Um, Neil says, yeah, agree, goal line is not infallible, but it's certainly better than oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, there's only about one mistake with goal line technology I can think of. There's probably a million yeah. VAR mistakes that we've seen. Do, so you, think, a lot do you think going forward, say five or ten years, that it might be that people like us, who, who's here tonight on the chat or us, will not watch football and you know new supporters come and they just want to see the clinical game because i love we we have people coming through richard that's never been to a ground when it was mm. buzzing and get the excitement the adrenaline pumping so they don't know any yeah. different yeah. and no, then no, you'll, you'll get a, you'll get a load of supporters coming through and there'll be millions of them on the tv with tv rights they will just want that to happen want more of the ar because as you say it adds to the, the uh, entertainment value. For me, it doesn't. I hate it. No. But, but yeah. for people that, that don't understand what it's like to get up and score and go mad and cuddle the next geezer next to you, even if he's six foot eight and whatever, <laughs> you've never seen him before. You know, yeah. you, you know yeah. I've met a few nice guys. Like, no, no, what's that? Is, you know, to do that, you would never do that in real life. It's something that you only would do in football. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to take that away from us, which they have done now, because if we whoever scores, you're just going to go, well, we'll uh, see what happens. And when it is a goal, all you might do is go to the next guy and go, all right, and that will be it. It's gone. Mm. That, that, yeah. And people yeah. that have yeah, no, done no. that don't understand no. how good and great feeling that is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, throughout the years, I mean, it's been nearly 40 years since my first Arsenal game. It's 40 years later this year, actually. And it, over those 40 years, I've experienced more... Um, probably emotions in, in football, and you can't experience that outside of football. It's not possible. Nothing can happen in your life like scoring a last-minute goal to win the league. That's at Anfield right. Or, That's what I'm saying. You know, That's right. You, That's nothing right. can nothing can match that. You know, people take drugs and people do all these other stuff to try to get a high. Right? There's a, the natural high was from things like that, moments like that in your life that you've experienced at football. And you can't recreate that anywhere else. I don't think. I've, I've found it difficult to. There's not many things in life that can top that feeling that you get, that instant feeling when that when Michael Thomas put that ball in the net or, you know, Andy Linnigan's header at Wembley, all those, you know, Rockies going at White Hart Lane, all those moments that you get. You, you can't, you could, you can't, if you could bottle that feeling and sell it, you'd, you'd be a millionaire. You'd be the richest person yeah. in the world. Actually. You'd be able to buy Arsenal 10 times over because everybody would want that, that feeling. And it's almost like they've taken that away from football now. And like you said, there's going to be, I think there will be a new generation of fans. And I think that's why, this Super League idea would work. It would work because millions of fans around the world would love it. The people that wouldn't love it are people like me and you. Oh, the lights are gone again. <laughs> no, I know. There's something wrong. I can't get, they get sorry. My wife spoke to someone today. It's coming around like the weekend. Keep going out. I've done what it is. 
The meter's uh, full up. I don't understand it. It will go. Actually, five minutes it'll go back on. Honestly, you're It did last time, didn't it? God, it I look good on black the night. I look good. It makes me look better. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. You need to get I'm yourself a ring human. light. You should get yourself a ring light. You haven't got to worry about the uh, the lights going out. That's what I do. Um, uh, Neil says there, um, definitely Melvin. Um, we were lucky to have those old school experiences. Yeah, we were indeed. Uh, we are now all tuned into drones, Android programs to behave cynically. You can see forty ten years. No, I, I totally agree, actually. And as I say that's for me. That's exactly what it is. And I do feel as though um, in ten years' time, I think there will be a European Super League. There might not even be a domestic league anymore at some stage because there won't be the need for it. You know, everybody will be playing in the European Super League. They won't care if fans are in the ground or not. It'll be football tourists probably in the ground that are there because they like to experience one game of football in their life to tick it off their bucket list. Oh, I've been to a football match now and it won't be real fans anymore. Football is becoming less and less for real fans. And I think the last year has, has shown us that even more, hasn't it? You know, without real fans, they don't care. They, it's not, they're not really bothered, <laughs> are they? Um, Gary says, yeah, Melvin is expanding the dungeon. <laughs> Lots of visitors tonight. <laughs> Looks like a busy night there, Gary. You're right, yeah. It must be a busy night. And uh, Neil says, yeah, pay that electricity bill, Melvin. Yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, what's going on. It will go on. Don't worry. It will go on. If you don't pay your bill, that's what happens. And Shane says, yeah, each bench should have a um, monitor and should be able to question their answer again. Oh, I think we have a monitor. Oh, yeah, you have a monitor. Yeah, you should be able to question their answer again. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll just, just let the managers decide if they want to appeal against a certain decision or not. Maybe that might be another way. But they need to look at ways to change it. But they're not going to change it in a way that makes it best for fans. They're going to change it in a way that makes it best for a TV audience, probably. Um, so I, I don't know. And the sponsors, probably as well. Is that all? I've got my phone, Melvin's lit up again. It's like Blackpool Illuminations at Melvin's house at the minute. But uh, not proper lighting. Shouldn't, shouldn't have put too much makeup on tonight, should I? Well, no, oh. you see. When, you, when, you, when you're live on the internet, though, Melvin, you need to look your best, don't you? So you can understand. Exactly. You know, it's, it's important. Yeah. Um, Neil says, uh, to be honest, even in the Emirates, we started seeing non-fans exactly um, just corporate bods getting together for networking because it was fashionable. Exactly right. I mean... Um, any whenever you go to the Emirates now, the, the, the ground is full of people that aren't proper Arsenal fans. They're there for different reasons, you know, and it could be, yeah, it's corporate. It's just because it's, like you said, because it's fashionable because, oh, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's oh, like I told you. Back on. Oh, there we go. They will be lights. The meat has been topped up again. God damn, what about that? Eh? That's strange that it just goes out and comes back on again, isn't it? That's, like, weird. I know. It's a bit like my brain. <laughs> very strange goings on in Melvin's gaff at the moment with the electrics but anyway we seem to have power back what's the time hey you know what it's about the same time every night honestly is it the same time every night yeah how can it be it's the same time it's interesting that isn't it maybe maybe it's the ghost we were talking about the other week Melvin maybe it's them probably yeah this is more there's a bigger mystery this than uh, Arteta's um, teams he picks it's certainly becoming the bigger mystery, isn't it, actually? Because, yeah. although it's not now, is it? Because it's at the same time every night. So it's not really a surprise anymore. That's true. No, that's true. It's not a surprise. Consistent. With some of our players yeah. are so consistent. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they are. A lot of them. They were consistently poor. But anyway, 
Um, but yeah, no, it seems like uh, we're getting somewhere with a lighting situation. It seems to be, like you said, the same time every night. That's interesting. Yeah, around about the same time. That spooky. is very interesting. Yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, a bit weird. Um, Gary says there, um, obviously, towards Neil, um, corporation at sporting events is terrible. Super Bowl allots 10% of tickets for fans. The rest are covered by business. Well, I mean, the FA Cup finals always kind of been like that anyway, isn't it? The fans get a smaller percentage than all the corporates and all the FA members and all that kind of stuff. So it's been going on for a long time anyway. And Neil says, uh, I don't know if you're a tennis fan. Yeah, I love tennis, yeah. But years ago, they did a fans' day at the final, pushed on to the Monday. That's right, yeah, Rafa Vigor and Ivanitovic, yeah. It was so dynamic, great atmosphere because of true fans. Oh, I remember that, yeah, the fans' final, yeah, because it because of the rain, it got put off to the Monday, didn't it? That was, uh, that was a great on the did Goran climb up, up to the um, special? Yeah, climb up. Yeah, when he won, he won the first of that money. Yeah, no, that was a great. I final, went. To, I went to Wimbledon with two of my pals, bunked off school, got in, and it was we were standing. That standing room, and we didn't know yeah. that we were standing in front of the scoreboard, right? So you were on telly. So yeah, so I was on telly, wasn't I? Wow. So my, I watched it in the evening with my father, and every time because they used to show the scoreboard every other game, not every uh, yeah. you know, you know, only when they went yeah. to change, you know, when they stopped. They to in, yeah, yeah. So every time a drink happened, I turned around and I went, "Well, what do you think of that one? A good game, wasn't it?" He was looking at me, "What was it good? Yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's all right." And he put his head back, and I knew it already missed us the camera. So I got away with it. I got away with it. Because he'd have gone mad, my father, if he'd have a bunk of school. And I tell you who played, really some old ones, I don't think you would have heard of them. Do you remember Tony Roach? Yeah, 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 yeah. Clark Gravener. Don't know him. Roger Taylor played. Oh, I remember Roger Taylor. Taylor the British. He was the top yeah. British tennis player at the time. And he didn't he play drums in Queen as well? He did all right, didn't he? He, he played drums yeah. in Queen, didn't he? Um, yeah, he, he couldn't, not, couldn't sing, though. And, um, he had a good career, didn't he? Yeah, good career. Yeah. Ken, yeah. Ken Rosewell, he played. Watched him yeah, yeah. yeah, I went to Wimbledon. I've been to Wimbledon a couple of times, actually. Back in the 1980s, I went, when Boris Becker was playing um, at his height. I saw him play a couple of times, and um, McEnroe as well. So, yeah, I've, I've been to Wimbledon. I, used to, I love Wimbledon. I love tennis, yeah. I, I love, love Wimbledon. Tennis. Love it. Love yeah. watching it. Well, I love tennis. Love. I, I used to watch all the, all the tennis, like, I must admit. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, Great sport tennis, actually, and um, it's good that uh, other people like tennis as well. Uh, we've got a new viewer in Billy Everton fan. Aiden Billy, good. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe as well. Um, and uh, I mean, we have been, we have been talking about the Everton game earlier. I don't know if you was in. We've kind of got sidetracked a little bit by some VAR stuff and a little bit of tennis as well. Um, and uh, Neil says here because those tennis players were very young. Yeah, I don't remember seeing a lot of them play. I'm more from the 19 sort of. I remember Bjorn Borg and you know, sort of from then on was really obviously never at a lower and stuff like that. So they're the ones I grew up with, which was um, which was great. And, and Neil says yeah, well, a lot of fans can't afford to go now. Exactly. Um, we we was mentioned before, Billy, actually about Goodison Park, and you know, obviously with Everton moving away to a new stadium, and to make sure that you guys enjoy Goodison Park where you still can, because we maybe didn't appreciate Highbury as much as we could as we should have done. Maybe you know, having moved out now, so 
I think that's important as well. Um, Neil says, so it's my fault you got a side shot. No, not at all. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I, I talk about tennis all night, actually, so don't worry about that. Thanks, and, Neil. Uh, Thanks a lot. And Gary says, uh, welcome to Billy XD. Welcome to Billy, indeed. Another Everton fan. We've had a few Everton fans in tonight, which is good. Um, let, me know, let me know your score prediction, actually, Billy. What do you think of the score tomorrow? Um, are you confident that you might beat us? Because um, obviously our away form is really good and our home form is... Um, really poor. So, um, you know, you're confident you can win tomorrow. I know you haven't won away at Arsenal for, since 96. Long time. Only one win in 36 years as well. That's the only one since 1987. So, you know, it's about time you maybe won at, at Arsenal, but hopefully it won't be tomorrow. But yeah, maybe stick your score prediction in the chat, see what, what you think, how confident you are. Um, which is actually, we'll move on to that ourselves. Anyway, we always finish with with this. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll look at our score prediction. And I'm a bit like yourself, Melvin. I haven't really, I wasn't thinking about this game at all, maybe until probably this morning, if I'm honest. And suddenly think, actually, we've got a game tomorrow. I maybe need to start thinking about that. And I did a preview video earlier and obviously doing this now. But I haven't had a lot of time to think about it. I haven't really kept up to date with the team news. I know that Lacazette's not playing and Aubameyang's still out. So, um, what are you thinking tomorrow? Do you think we could actually play well at home for a change or... You're thinking Everton's good away for might swing it in their favour? I think we go. I can see us not playing well. Everton in most of the game. Everton leading for most of the game. And us, a bit like the Fulham game, nicking a, a, an equaliser. Not as late as the Fulham one, obviously. That was a bit weird. But just, I can't see us doing it. I just, if they feel, like I feel the Arsenal players, I can't see them getting up for it. I really can't. I really don't see us. I just can't get out for the game. I suppose I'm being a bit no. negative, which is unusual for me. I just, I think one always the best we can hope to achieve tomorrow. No, I mean, I, 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 I feel the same as you. I, I don't think the, the players will so much because I don't think that all this stuff that's happened this week's maybe affected them in the same way. It, it affected them in a different way. Um, but I agree. I mean, now, the last thing I'd want to do now is play for Arsenal tomorrow well, I've been feeling about the club this week. Do you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't be up for it at all. And hopefully the players aren't. I mean, I'm sure I say it would have affected them a different way, perhaps. And Neil says, yeah, it's the best time to, to beat us, I think. Obviously, yeah, you're probably right. Um, if I, you know, if, if I was an Everton fan, I'd probably be thinking that of all those years of disappointments away at Arsenal, this will probably be the, the time that's going to change because it is a probably a good time to play us. With all this that's happened this week, with the European game next week as well, I think we're going to be distracted all round. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if we did lose. I'm hoping that we won't. I mean, in my video earlier today, I did predict a 2-2 draw, actually. I don't know why. I hadn't even thought about it until I got to that section of my video. I had to make a score prediction. I thought I was going to go 2-2 just because, I don't know, I just feel as though that might be the score. <laughs> I don't know why. I just fancy a 2-2. Maybe that's because Everton drew 2-2 with Tottenham last week. I don't know whether that's part of it. I'm not sure, but... It came to my head and I said 2-2, two, two, so I'm going to stick with that. And um, probably be a decent game if it was a 2-2 two, two draw, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I'm not confident we'll win, I must admit. I'm not at all. Normally, normally it's not at all. And, uh, yeah, I'm a bit like Melvin. I, I'm almost... I almost can't be bothered with a game, if I'm honest. I'm almost, I almost can't be bothered with it. I just feel as though the stuff that's gone on this week... It's not. It's not over. And anybody that thinks it's over is—I I don't think they're being realistic. It's not over. 
it's just delayed and our role in it isn't over. We're going to be big players in this when it does come around again. If it does now, as I say, the new Champions League format looks like it's pretty much their version of the Super League anyway. So I, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to that. I've got to be honest. I don't like the sound of that, but it is what it is, I suppose. And it's going to happen. <laughs> but as it's a it will happen, uh, Richard. Yeah. It will happen because too much money has been involved. Yeah, it will happen. And, and it's a shame. It will because involved, I, yeah, it will happen. I don't think football is heading in the direction that I like and that I'm enjoying. And, you know, it, it's a shame. But, uh, you know, it'd be interesting actually to know how maybe, obviously, Manchester City at the moment, you know, they, they could end up winning the treble again as they did a couple of years ago. And they're enjoying a good season. Leicester enjoying a good season as well. But, is football really the same? You know, is it because Arsenal are not doing so well? Is it because Arsenal had a poor season that it's added to our frustrations and our feeling of despair with it all? Or do you think we would feel like that anyway, even if Arsenal were doing well and were maybe in the top four, in the top three or challenging for stuff? I know we've still got Europe. But I'm not even that excited about the Europa League now. Are you, Melvin? The semi-final? No, not at all. No, no, I'm... Uh, all it is, it's, um, I think, to a degree now, as we're not going to the games as well, it's a bit of, if we win it, it's bragging rights. That's all it is now. That's all it is. Yeah. It's not, to win a, you know, to win a, you want to win a, a tie or a cup for, for your heart, make you feel good, for so many different things. But as I just said, I don't feel anything anymore. I'm a bit numb. And basically, you use it. I mean, I don't, I don't have any arguments with support from other teams, especially Spurs. You know, I've got them in my family, got friends like that as well. I don't, I just don't. Those days, not no interest. It might have a little choke, but not nasty. You know what I'm saying to you? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, but it's, it's. I don't need bragging rights, but that's all it will be for me. Bragging rights, but I never use it anyway because that's not who I am. You know, if I ask more better than Spurs, I don't have to have a go at a Spurs supporter. They know, and vice versa, right? It's it, it, you know you know if they're better than us first, right? And you, you you can make all the arguments in the world. Your eyes tell you they're better than you, and you know when you're better than them. And all it will be, certain people will use that as a bragging rights. Go, yeah, you may have done this first, but mm. you might have won the cup, or we won the European. And to me, that's not what it's all about. But you don't win a title for bragging rights. You win it for other things. And I'm afraid that's all it's going to be this season if we win it for certain people. No, no, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, it is a shame how it's gone, really. Um, Billy says in the chat, the obviously, Everton fan, he says he feels sorry for you guys. It's not your fault. Owners should be punished, not the club and not the fans. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But, I mean, what punishment can you give the owners, really? You know, obviously, to punish the owners, really, the only way you can do it is to punish the club, isn't it, I suppose? And the, the consequence of that is that the, 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 the players um, get punished and the fans suffer as well and i don't know i don't know what the what the answer is i don't know the best way to do it if you do it financially go on kick him out i know to punish cronky not financially he's got too much money he's kick him got out. to for a whole year watch arsenal every week after that he <laughs> can't take anymore no, that'd be a good punishment wouldn't it that's 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 a bit yeah, harsh you'll be able to take that harsh punishment there yeah, i know it is but you've got to be you've got to do these type of things Richard. i'm sorry you got to be, yeah, you know, was, you've got to be a bit ruthless sometimes. I was, I was going to say, chop both his arms off, but your punishment's far worse. Of course it is. Yeah, you won't forget that in a hurry, will you? You won't do it again. Yeah, you will won't. 
he definitely won't do it again. That's for dead certain. But yeah, no, it is a strange one, isn't it? Because ultimately the fans will suffer because fans always suffer. The club will suffer and that's just the way it is, unfortunately. I'm fully prepared, actually, for Arsenal to be given some sort of sanctions, whether it's a transfer embargo, whether it's a... If it's a massive fine, I suppose it doesn't really affect the fans so much, I guess, probably as much. But obviously a transfer embargo does because we'll be stuck with these same crap players for another couple of years, um, which won't be good. Um but yeah, whatever punishment we get, I suppose we're going to end up being punished as well, aren't we? But it's a consequence of what it is. I mean, you know, it's I don't know what the answer is. And it's frustrating. I, I feel very, I still feel, even though it's, you know, Arsenal pulled one, didn't pull out. Arsenal were forced to pull out. The league hasn't gone ahead in that sense anymore. But I still feel very let down and very disillusioned with with Arsenal and with football in general, actually, at the moment. And I don't know what's going to make me be able to turn it around either. I'm not sure what what can happen now. You know, winning the Europa League may help because it is a European trophy. We haven't won enough of them, but I, I agree with Melbourne. It, it probably isn't going to be the same. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what what needs to happen for it to change. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one, and I'm sure you know Melvin's feeling the same. I'm sure we're not the only people feeling like this at this moment in time. And I say. Not being able to go to the games doesn't help because that would be a release. Maybe going to the game tomorrow, shouting and screaming at the players, and that might help. I don't know, but we can't even do that. So I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is, actually. Um, we, we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, Neil says in the chat there, heavily find the owners out of their own pockets and better still expelling from the club. Yeah, I mean, that would be the ideal solution to expelling from the club. I'm not sure how they can do that, really. It's out of their, that's out of their remit, isn't it? Because he owns he owns the business, and you can't exactly. I don't know. I don't see how they can do that. Yeah, fine him heavily, but then who's going to be impacted on that? It's going to mean he won't put his hand in his pocket to buy new players. So again, we'll suffer, won't we? So I, I don't know. It's I don't know what the answer is. I've got to be honest. I don't. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me actually if there's no sanctions at all in the end because the, the Premier League won't know what to do, will they? They, they can't relegate all six clubs, can they? You just can't do it. It's impossible. They can't break the game. If they can all stick to clubs, they were, I mean, number one, the television rights will be splashed. Yeah. That's number one. And if they are allowed um, fans back in, no fans will go. Very few. So, no. I don't know. I'll tell you what, if we, if we were in a championship, I would go to the games. I would. Especially I away would games. That would be mental. Going to some of the Bristol City. I'd love to go to Bristol City away. I've never been, I went to Bristol Rovers once in the League Cup. I've never ever been to Bristol City. I'd love to go there in a game. That'd be good. There's probably a few teams in the Championship. I'd, I'd, I'd like to go to Birmingham again. I, I've been to Birmingham a few times in the Premier League. I wouldn't going there again. That'd be a decent oh, I went, day. I went there once. They beat a streaming in a cup. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. But it's I'd like to go there again because I've not been for a few years. So there'd be a few away games in the in the Championship. Be good. Barnsley. That'd be a decent away game. I remember when I was in the Premier League. That was a good away day. So I went to Barnsley. Know, is that when Overmars scored, wasn't it? And Burkham yeah, Burkham as well. Got, got a great goal. I was behind that goal. I was behind that goal. I was on telly that day because I was not right in the front row behind the goal when Burkham scored. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. there's, there's clips where they show the goal. I'm behind the goal, jumping about when we score. So that was, that was great. But yeah, so happy days there. So yeah, it'd be a good few away games actually in the championship next season, which would be good. I don't want to be there, of course, because I, I don't. But, you know, you've got to try and look at the positives, I suppose, if that's what happens. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, Gary says there to 
confirm owners don't take monies out of team funds. Yeah, but you can't because how would they be able to check? How would they be able to know that? Um, can they even do that? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, Stan find Arsenal pick up one goalkeeper in the next two transfer windows. Yeah, they might as well just give us a transfer embargo if they're going to do that, mightn't they? Um, and Neil says, yeah, great idea. Instead of finding him, making open, open up his wallet to Arteta for unlimited funds for four transfer windows. Yeah. Yeah, make make it put a minimum amount that he's got to spend on players in the next four years. That'd be a good idea. So he's got he's got to spend at least two hundred million every transfer window for the next four transfer windows. That should be his punishment. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be a good punishment. Obviously, I think mine's not, better. Mine's better. Yeah, yeah, your, yours is probably better. And also, as well, of course, if that was the case, it wouldn't really be helping the other teams outside the top six, would it? Because it would make them even less able to compete with us then if we've got to spend all that money on players, I guess. But anyway, it'd be quite good for us to have a decent team again, maybe. But maybe we'd need a different manager if that was going to be the case. But that's another. That's for another day. Obviously, Arteta, we don't want to be nasty to Arteta tonight because obviously he's playing against his old team tomorrow. And, you know, it's a big day for him. And we need to support him and hope that he, you know, gets the players up for this game because, um, you know, it's a, it'd be a big game for him as it always is playing Everton, I would have thought so. You know, we need to make sure that everybody's got their mind focused on the right things at the club tomorrow. But I do feel the protest may be not going to help. But anyway, well, we're not going to help the game tomorrow. I mean, whether it'll help anything overall, I don't know. I'm not convinced it will make a lot of difference, if I'm honest. But anyway, people want to do it. I say good luck to them. I mean, I, I can't be there tomorrow. Uh, I'll take it you're not going, are you, Melvin? No, no I've got my family over tomorrow. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone, yeah, I wouldn't have gone anyway. You know... Good luck to him, but I, I don't think it may make a lot of difference. But no, no, I, I don't. Get the feelings that. out. That's fair enough. Get your feelings out, out there. But no. yeah, exactly. As long as long as everybody does it in the right way, um, yeah. then that's fine. And hopefully they will. And it'll be the, you know it'll be a success in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I don't believe it's going to ultimately make any difference. I think Josh said today, didn't he? That he, he's, they're not selling. They've got no intention of selling. So. You know, I suppose he's not going to come out and say, "Oh, yeah, we are selling," is he? I suppose, but um, I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. But we can always yeah, wish. I mean, yeah, we can. And so, but having said that, you, you don't always get an improvement just because you get a change. Um, and Neil says he didn't want to. He didn't want to. It is his prediction: two-one to us. Martin need to score the winner. Well, that's a nice positive way to finish things off, isn't it? Yeah, two-one. Like that. Me and finish, Melvin, yeah. we're both. We're both saying a draw, so it's good that you you said a win, Neil. So that, that's sort of giving us a little bit more positivity. And yeah, Martinelli win would be great, wouldn't it? As well, I think he he could do with a goal. He didn't have his greatest game last week, did he? he missed a, a few opportunities, so yeah, it'd be nice for him to um, to get the goal tomorrow. And hopefully, then he can play in the semi final. He'll get picked in the semi final as well because um, I think he's got a big future. Actually, there is some good young players, and we need to maybe focus on that and maybe enjoy enjoy them as well. Um, he says, yeah, yeah um, Neil, good. Yeah, that's just yeah, big positive. So, yeah, OK, you, you said that. So I'm going to I'm gonna maybe be swayed that we might win now. And um, Gary says, ESR and, and Martinelli to score, they deserve it. No, you're right. They, ESR certainly does. He's been fantastic. And Martinelli, he's got his goal, didn't he, against Sheffield United. But I say he, he was a little bit uh, off, the, off the game last week. So let's hope he bounces back and has a decent game tomorrow. And... Um, yeah, hopefully he gets the winner. And if it's 2-1 to Everton, I'm sure Calvert-Lewin will probably score a header because we're not very good at defending crosses. So that'll probably be their goal, I would say. But 
or maybe maybe James Rodriguez, who of course was in the chat earlier. Maybe he might score now. He's he's, he's popped in to see us, so you never know. Um, and Neil says, "Yeah, take it. Yeah, you look after yourself, mate. Enjoy the game tomorrow." Um, and I say, Ho- hopefully you're right. Well, um, and he says he really enjoyed it. Good. Uh, take care. Much love as always. Yeah, same to you, mate. I say enjoy the game tomorrow, and uh, hopefully you're right, and we win two one, and we'll all be feeling a little bit happier with life maybe tomorrow. But we'll see. Let's hope so, because it's not been a good week to be an Arsenal fan. Well, it's not been a good week to be a football fan, if we're totally honest. And it's certainly not been a good week to be an Arsenal fan. And let's hope that we can maybe um, end it on a on a brighter note, maybe tomorrow with a good performance and a victory. But um, I'm not confident, but we'll see. We'll say thanks to everyone for watching. Thanks for all you guys in the chat. There's been loads of people in there tonight, actually. It's been great. Obviously, Neil, thanks for all your comments. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, Gary as well. So, Billy the Everton fan, thanks for joining us as well. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, loads of people earlier as well. Um, a lot of people in, so uh, that was all good. And I say thanks for to Rose for coming on earlier as well. Make sure you check out her channel as well, Everton Rose on YouTube. Some good stuff there on Everton. So definitely tune in there. I'm sure you Everton fans in the chat would uh, be aware of that already anyway. Um, but just for everyone else, um, make sure you check that out as well. Um, and yeah, thanks for everyone for watching. So if you haven't done so, please subscribe. I will be doing a watch along of the game tomorrow. I am going to try to get some sort of live streaming from the the protests actually. So if anybody is going and you 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 know you want to pop on here on your phone, maybe filming a bit of stuff live on on the channel. If you want to do that, I did put a thing out on Twitter yesterday. Um, but if if you're there and you, and you want to come on live during the protest, you know, with, with your phone and maybe film some stuff, that would be great just to give us a bit of a, a feel for it. That would be really, really good. So if anyone can do that, then let me know and I'll do something live on that. Otherwise, I'll go live with a watch along about quarter to eight for the game and hopefully it might cheer me up a little bit, you know, watching a bit of football and focusing on, on an actual match rather than all this other stuff that's been getting us all down for the last few days. Um, but hopefully now, so we have got a game to look forward to tomorrow. So let's hope it's a good game. And hopefully it can restore a little bit of faith. You know, Arsenal mentioned, didn't they, the other day in a statement about um, restoring faith in the club. And a lot of work's got to be done from there in, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but a little bit of faith may be restored if we play well tomorrow and win. And then obviously get through to the final next week as well. And Shane says, yeah, score, draw. And he says, great stream. Thanks, Lazo. Thanks for watching, Shane. Always a pleasure to have you in. And he says, enjoy your family dinner, Melvin. Come on, you gurus. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Good night all round, mate. Be more relaxed you know, Have a good dinner and watch the game. That's what it's all about. And enjoying family time as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah all good stuff. Cool. So, let's hope, so let's hope we can be a little bit more positive tomorrow. Um, I'm sure we can. And um, look forward to uh, better times ahead, hopefully. And um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's been a tough week, but it's nearly over. And good thing is that we have a game on a Friday night. So I don't generally like Friday night games, but at least it's out of the way. So I've got all weekend to forget a football and do other stuff and live my life. Normally, football kind of breaks up the weekend a little bit sometimes and gets in the way. So it's nice maybe this weekend. It's out of the way early. And Saturday and Sunday, I can forget football and just chill and do other stuff. Do Maybe sit in the garden and relax a bit, you know, and do some enjoyable things <laughs> rather than the unenjoyable <laughs> thing of watching Arsenal. But anyway, let's see um, how it goes. Hopefully a bit of nice weather will be nice as well for the weekend. Um, so, yeah. So, thanks very much for watching. So, please subscribe. Please give it a like. And stay tuned tomorrow night for the watch-along or possibly as well a little bit of coverage from the protest if anybody is able to do that um, to help us out. would be great. Um, otherwise, 
I say I'll see you for the game tomorrow at quarter to eight. And uh, yeah, as always, of course, come on, you gunners. Come on. Come on. Restore our faith and our enjoyment, please. Please. Come on. It's not too much to ask, is it?